And welcome in to another edition of Heavy Hitters right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR Kutztown. Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley coming your yeah. way on this mid-November Monday. Mitch, got to start off. How are you doing today, good sir? Oh, man. I forgot just how much I hate the cold weather. This is brutal. I hate it. Yeah, it, and it really took a turn. I mean, look, it was in the 60s it was and in the 70s. the 60s when Nicole came through. Yeah, and then, you mm. know... Early this week now, we're in, you know, we're in the 40s Top and so. out in the 40s. We'll top out at like 37 come Thursday and Friday. And yeah, the cold weather is coming, and it's coming quickly. Uh, and it's probably going to stick around. I don't think we're going to see any more you know, upticks to some warmer weather now. I think we're At least not start, for a few weeks. Yeah. yeah, not for a few weeks. Cold front's been coming through. It's going to stick around. So uh, bundle up, get your coats, and uh, yeah, it is cold outside, so wear the, the proper clothing. Some the people proper, still I got the proper clothing on today, Jack. Yeah. Miles Sanders. You do have the Miles Sanders jersey. Got that winter so. jacket on over it, though, covering up 26, baby. Some guy needs Miles Sanders to get 110 rushing yards to cash out on a $35,000 uh, bet. Really? 110, you said? Yeah, 110 rush yards. Over 110 rush yards. That could yards. happen. It is the uh, the commies there. We'll talk about it later. We, we got MLB we first, will. though. We do have MLB first, but before we get to that, uh, very serious, uh, you know, Incident happened last night on the campus of Virginia. It was a deathly shooting in which three players of the Virginia football team tragically passed away. Lavelle Davis Jr., Deshaun Perry, and Devin Chandler were the three victims of the shooting. Uh, very serious thing. Just want to start off the show with, um, you know, my heart goes out to the families and everyone affected by that situation down there. Uh, it's really a tragic thing. Uh, it was found that the person who committed the shooting was a former player of the team. Yeah. So it was, it's a, you know, it's a somber story and it's, Really, you know, tugs at your heartstrings. But I really wanted to start that off today because it's something that really affected me. It's just, you know, you look at everything that goes on. It's a, you know, crazy world. And I don't know. It's just I wanted to start off the show today with that because it did stick out to me. And it, you know, re- really affected me. It just shows you how precious life can be. So 100%. I mean, and that's not the only thing. I mean, right here at home. Exactly. Right here at Kutztown, uh, on just off campus at the Advantage Point Apartments. Um, Friday night into the wee hours of Saturday morning, a shooting took the life of uh, one 18-year-old here who was not a student, uh, but you know all the same uh, passed away due to a, a as as KU uh, University Relations put it, a senseless act of violence uh, right here on our campus. It was you know everyone here has the t- the mood totally shifted the rest of the weekend. I mean everyone is kind of just shocked and and our hearts again go out to everyone affected. Uh, KU would like everyone to know that there are uh, there are services available, psychological and uh, and counseling services are available to you, uh, and then as well as as always, if you feel unsafe, call nine one one. You know, with uh, you have campus police, you have borough police, and you have uh, PA state police, depending on where you are located. Uh, please stay safe. Always, um, you know, just being aware and uh, and our hearts go out to everyone affected by the shooting, the victim's family. Uh, friends, everyone, everybody um, here and down in Virginia as well. Absolutely. They found the suspect. Chris Darnell Jones was the name. Um, so, you know, they were able to find the suspect who committed that violent and heinous act uh, that took the lives of three, you know, innocent young men. So, you know, once again, my heart's got to them and their families. Very tragic thing. And, you know, we see these violent acts happen. It's, a, you know, it's it's a sad thing, but it's the reality of the world that we live in. Uh, there are some truly evil people out there who intend to do harm and yeah, it's it's just a really really sad situation that happened not only here at Cutstown but down in Virginia as well. Yep. So one more time, really you know, my heart squad to their families uh, for everyone that's affected by both uh, in those incidents. But enough of the somber stuff. We do have a lot of sports to talk about today. 
Uh, starting with the MLB free agency, not on fire yet, but there are some rumors spinning here in the rumor mill. It's simmering. Uh, it's it's just it is cooking, simmering exactly. You know? It is you know got to warm it up exactly. You know it's kind of like I don't know. I was gonna go somewhere with an analogy, but it. Uh, last second ditched it. But uh, anyway, <laughs> it is simmering like you mentioned. A lot of rumors coming out before we see you know the big splashes start to happen. And we're getting teams rumored to some big-name guys. We're going to go down to H-Town, the reigning World Gross. Series champs, interested in Wilson Contreras. These two were... The talks were involved at the trade deadline between the Astros and Wilson Contreras before the Astros ultimately got Christian Vasquez from Boston. Uh, it looks like these two are in talks again. We could see Contreras going out of Houston be their full-time catcher there with Maldonado more than likely being the backup and Vasquez going out the door. But, you know, it's interesting because, you know, Maldonado got most of the starts in the postseason run. It wasn't like he was some prolific bat, but he was really good defensively, which is why he got so much playing time. Mm-hmm. Vasquez had a big hit in that Game 6 win. Uh, but, you know, Thank interesting you. to see. Thank yeah. you for reminding me. Sorry, I, I had to bring that. it up. but uh, No, we didn't. Could have moved on. But uh, <laughs> Contreras, rumored to Houston. We'll see how that can turn out. How about the uh, Houston making some changes down there in their uh, management? Yep, Dusty Baker's back on a one-year deal, but they part ways with their general manager, James Click. That surprised me a lot. Uh, he was offered a one-year deal, declined. Uh, Astros didn't want to commit to a multi-year contract. They both part ways. Click is now on the open market. Yeah, but he won a World Series. He did. He did. But uh, I Whatever. Mean, what do I know? Why would the, I bring back a guy that won a, a World Series? You know. Look, I mean, I'm not going to. Look, it's just me. I get. I get it. But I mean, I'm not going to question an organization that's developed that many quality players and they have the staff uh, in that front office that does a fantastic job. So if they felt it was necessary to move on, who am I to question them? They'll probably make another solid hire uh, at the GM spot. But that is also an interesting point, Mitch. Glad you brought that up. More on the rumor mill. There are a couple international free agents that are generating a lot of buzz here on the market. It is outfielder Masataka Yoshida and pitcher uh, Kodai Senga, both from Glad Japan. I'm not the one reading the uh, the notes here. <laughs> both from Japan, and you know the outfielder is Yoshida, the pitcher is Senga. A lot of them, a lot of teams are interested in both guys already. Senga's market is popping uh, because he is a such an interesting. Pitching prospect can get that fastball up near 102. He's got some nasty breaking stuff. He is already 29, but he has had an illustrious career over in Japan. Uh, now coming over to the MLB, his agent and quote said, Senga wants to play for a win-now team that is driven by analytics. I can already think of a couple teams at the top <laughs> of my head that would fit that bill. But, I mean, look, if you look at it now, there's going to be plenty of teams in. He's a star pitcher. Pitching is a prize commodity. Uh, and you saw what the Astros run, pitching wins championships. That's, I mean, what, that's what does it. That's the magic formula. If you have A-level, ace-level pitching and superstar pitching all over your team, you're more than likely going to have a better chance to win than a team who has a bomber lineup and subpar pitching. That's just the reality of the MLB. What does that sound like? But uh, Yeah, exactly. We know what team that sounds like. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, look, both their markets are going to be popping. I think the Mets are in on Sanga. Not, not, I'm not saying he's going to go to the Mets, but I expect the Mets to throw their hat in the ring on Sanga. A couple other teams as well, the Mariners, the Yankees. They want to go to a big market, and usually those, you know, the Japanese players like to stay on the coast, east coast, west coast. You see them, you know, Ichiro went to Seattle. Uh, you know, Seattle, I think San Francisco could be a, a good landing spot as well, and also New York with uh, the, the Mets and the Yankees. Uh, so I think, you know, those Mecca cities on the coast, I'm not saying Seattle's a Mecca, but <laughs> it's just those coastal cities. Oh, good you know, old powerhouse Seattle. Yeah, there. but, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying, like those coastal cities on yeah. the east and the west coast, um, you know, because it's just geographically you know, well, the West is more closer to West Japan, is way but, closer. Yeah, yeah, West is way closer. But, you know, you've seen players like Hideki Matsui go to the Yankees in the past. So it's not it's not an uncommon tradition to see, you know, Asian imports go to New York. Or you saw Otani recently go to the Angels. So you see those 
coastal cities on the west coast and the Yankees, you know, more way back. But Tanaka is the most recent example for the Yankees. So you can definitely see that happen. I think a lot of those teams are going to be in the mix. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see which one Sanga goes to for Yoshida. I've seen the Mariners mostly be thrown around along with the Giants. Uh, those are the main two that I've seen this far. Uh, rumors will continue to break in coming days. We'll probably have a lot more information on Wednesday. But again, this is really the only early period of free agency. There's not a lot of big signings yet. We're seeing teams and agents, you know, get in contact, you know, try to figure out some numbers, and we'll see where it goes. So this is really the only, only the beginning, I should say. There's a lot of excitement. Uh, moving on, we're going to go to the Royals, keen on bringing back Zach Greinke. Uh, they were, you know, they signed a one-year deal last year. Uh, Greinke did one-year three mil with the Royals. Both parties look like they want to have a reunion, have him come back for one more year. Interesting to see how that develops. That's just more minor tidbit. But before we get back to the MLB discussion, we do have a message from the KUR Notebook. Attention KU community. KUR podcast, a good sampling of our programming regularly on multiple different platforms. Some of our best talk programming can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Simply open your Spotify or Apple Podcast and search for Kutztown University Radio and listen to the many great podcasts featured. Some of our older podcasted programming is still available on YouTube. Search for Kutztown University Radio to find them. Finally, some of our best music-based programming is podcasted on Mixcloud. To go to our Mixcloud page, go to www.mixcloud.com slash KUradio to listen on demand. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Welcome back to Heavy Hitters, everybody. Jack Hyman, Mitchell Smedley, coming your way. Hey, yo. Getting back into our MLB discussion. Mitch, uh, what are your thoughts on the international prospects, especially in Yoshida uh, and Senga? Because those are two big names they are going to be hitting a lot of the headlines are going to be on the market. It's going to just going to be which two, which teams can get those two guys, or do they go together? I'm not really sure. I don't think they go I together. I doubt they go together at all. I think it's going to be uh, individual bidding wars for these guys. And, I mean, all of the teams you you named are really, with the, with the exception of San Francisco, are, are really uh, win-now teams. You know, the Mariners felt like they had a run in them. Uh, they they don't feel like they're going anywhere. Uh, the Mets, obviously, you know, this every year is their year, apparently. Uh, and the Yankees... Like we said, are in flux and they're trying to figure out their new brand. Could this be the answer? Signing a huge uh, international free agent like this. So I think all of the teams you brought up have valid um, reasons to throw their hat in the ring. And, um, you know, it's still too early. Like we said, no big splashes, no real uh, pairing of, of uh, player and team yet. But uh, we'll see where it goes. Absolutely. Yes, we will. Those will be two big names to monitor as the headlines and the free agent market continues to progress in the coming days and weeks. Here as we roll on, we are just past the winter meetings, I believe. Uh, so, sir, maybe ha- I don't know if they happen already, but uh, the GMs are meeting. I think they might have happened, but I'm not gonna, you know, quote myself into determining if that did or did not happen. I'll have to look into that at our break. But we will move on the shortstop market. That's gonna be oh, a big thing cooking. for the free agency. There's a lot of star shortstops in the market: Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa. The list goes on. Those are just a couple of names, but. You know, it's. I'm interested to see what happens because you're going to see a lot of this over the coming weeks. You know, teams go in on one guy, go out on another guy, and you're going to see a lot of this flip-flopping game. I wouldn't take the rumors all that seriously as of right now until you see some serious traction, until you see multiple notable uh, names start to report on it. That's what I've learned over the course of free agency because you could see people say, oh, this guy, you know, they're nearing a deal, and then all of a sudden it backs off. So, you know, I want to preface what I'm about to say with that because – there's yeah. a name that the Phillies are interested that well, a is lot of that is newer. Before we get into specifics, sorry, Jack. Um, a lot of that specifics is um, it's done by the agents to to get other teams to. Oh wait, they're they're close to it. Let's up our offer one more time. Exactly. You know, it's it's a lot of negotiations. It's a lot of 
uh, creating noise, creating noise in the market to, to try and get the best outcome. And the teams do it, too. Yeah, Dansby Swanson is another notable name as well. I, Absolutely. I assume he's probably going back to Atlanta. My gut feel. But uh, if the Dodgers miss out on Turner, I can see the Dodgers throwing an offer for Nancy Swanson. That's just my gut feel on it. I, I don't I don't find a way possible where the Dodgers don't get one of these guys. It's just it's just it cannot happen. It's if they the lose Dodgers. Turner, it's the A, it's the Dodgers, and B, if they lose Turner, they don't have a shortstop ready to step up in his shoes and replace him. They're gonna go out and get somebody. It's just a matter of who, in my opinion. Yep. I think Correa would be an interesting fit for the Dodgers, honestly, in my opinion. But uh, you know, they can really have, they could take their pick. They have that much money. So much so much deep pockets out in LA. So they can really yes. take their pick. But uh, speaking of the Phillies and the name they're newly interested, oh, yeah. Xander Bogarts, the former Red, well, the Red Sox shortstop who's on the market, could still go back to Boston if he would so elect. He but, could, uh, but I think that's a possibility. Brotherly love. But, you know, him and Dombrowski have had a relationship in the past. Both were with Boston, uh, as Dombrowski was. That was his last stop before Philly. Uh, could we see a little bit of a reunion there? Possibly. Bogarts brings a surefire bat. He's one of the best hitters in the league. Uh, can hit for contact, hit for power, does a lot of things well. Uh, and has had an improving glove. I mean, he was formerly one of the worst defensive shortstops in baseball. <laughs> I'm not going to say he's become one of the best or even better ones, but he's making progress there, so that way he's not as a liability at the defensive position. Last thing the Phillies need is another bad defensive player. But, uh, you what know. are you talking about? We got fantastic defense. Oh, yeah, fantastic defense. We do. Sure. Once, once Harper gets that elbow working again. Yeah, and one Castell- guy. Well, Castellanos turned out to be like an incredible defender, apparently. But once Schwarber can uh, just DH... Watch out, dude! You you look at this. I don't get why the Phillies' defense is is uh, yelled at so much. I mean, you got Reese Hoskins. Yeah, okay, that's the that's Alec the weak Bohm. spot. Alec Bohm's fine now. He's decent. He's better, but he still makes he's some head scratching plays. He's average. He's, he's average. St- he get, look. He's getting better, but he still makes some head scratching plays at times. And then you got Stott. You'll have Castellanos, Harper, and Marsh in the outfield, and then you have Romuto behind the plate. I don't think this is as bad of a defense as everyone makes it out to be. I think. Well, I mean, you had some instances where the defense clearly cost them some runs in the playoffs, <clears throat> first base. But um, and then who hit like a billion home runs? <clears throat> Reese Hoskins weren't weren't it wasn't able to make up for it when it mattered most. But he didn't make errors when it mattered the most. We lost that game because of a poor pitching decision. What? Uh, well, no, that's not the game I was talking about. Oh, which um, were you talking about? Wait, was that game six? Game six was the poor pitching decision. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, obviously. But the Sosa, the Sosa throw, or was that game two? Sosa. Oh, that was game two. Yeah, it's oh, that game would have been lost anyways. So, yeah, I mean, look, I don't know. I mean, Trey Turner would certainly help lock that up, and I think it's the best fit. That'd for be the awesome, dude. Please give me. Trey as Turner. much as I don't like to say that, Trey Turner the Phillies, I think, makes the most sense out of the shortstops on the market. Bogarts would be, I think, second. Uh, but I think Turner to the Phillies is just a good fit. He wants well, to come back east. He's got relationship with Harper. Yeah, he wants to play with Harper again, wants to come back east. It makes all the sense in the world. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Imagine that lineup, Jack. Another team that's very active in the shortstop market, included they've touched base with every shortstop on the market, the Chicago Cubs, surprisingly, Ooh. for a team that's really not in contention right now to want to go out and get a star player. I guess you want to have that building block guy. You get the guy, the, the star shortstop. You say, this is the guy we're going to put there for years to come. Give him a big payday, and then kind of just branch the team out and build around them from there. That's going to be an intriguing market to see if the Cubs can manufacture and find a way to land one of those guys. I'm not sold that they do, but their expressed interest in the shortstop market early on certainly has me intrigued as to what their plans are for the rest of the offseason. Because if you're going to go after a big-name guy in the shortstop market, you have to figure they're going to try to be aggressive in other areas. Because that leads you to believe they want to quickly upgrade their team and go from a team that's kind of you know, on the outskirts and, and attack to the free agent market because they don't really have a great prospect pool right now. 
No. They have a couple of guys, but outside of that, it's not really anything to write home about. So I'm interested to see what the Cubs approach is, um, you know, especially outside of the shorts of that market. It's great that they're in it, and I think it's interesting, but outside of that, I'm excited to see what their approach is. Well, that's the approach. You have to find a guy that you can build around first. Um, while you're doing that, you should be building your prospect pool up, which, like you said, it's not great, but uh, there's a few. Um but then you have to find a guy that you can build around, like Turner, and, and if they want to do that, they can offer him a big, bigger payday than pretty much anyone because you look at the Dodgers and the Phillies, they already have guys to build around, right? Turner isn't the centerpiece. He's the, whoa, you just added him to that? Uh, that's what the Phillies and Dodgers market is. Um, but on top of that, then you have to surround him with the with the pitching pieces that you find, with the other position players. like the. Um, I'll compare it back to the Phillies like after they signed Harper, right? When they signed Harper, you brought in McCutcheon and you brought in Real Muto, two other big pieces. And you brought in Gene, and then the next year you had, like, Gregorius, and, and it goes on. You, and then, obviously, Schwarber and Castellanos are two big splash signings. So the Cubs are looking for that starting piece. They're they're in rebuild right now. Once they get that starting piece, they can really start to amp up their uh, – I guess they're they're I don't I don't really know what to call it. They're uh, they really effort. Wanna, yeah, accelerate. Accelerate the rebuilding process. Yeah, the I acceleration. Yep. Yeah. So I think that's gonna be certainly they're they're an interesting kind of dark horse to monitor for these candidates. Well, with that, we do have to step aside for our first break of today's show. When we come back, further getting into our MLB discussion here about the free agent rumors and what is going on on the rumor mill. Stay with us right here on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutstan University. Okay, you are Kutstan. And welcome back into Heavy Hitters. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim, your hosts. We're making our way through MLB trade, uh, not trade, free agent mill rumors. And uh, Jack, we're heading to Tampa. Well, they aren't, yeah, you kind of hit it right on the head of the trade. You made a little oh, you know, did mistake, I? but they are more active on the trade market. Rumors have it that the Rays have been actively looking to, pay, uh, to trade pitching. Uh, and, you know, I saw one report that said, uh, some race pitchers could be on the move within the next 48 hours. So Ooh. I think that could be a big development over the next couple of days. Please do that. Give it to us for the Wednesday show. That'd Teams have already... Very helpful, Tampa. Absolutely. Teams have already uh, been in contact, including the Mets, the Cubs, and the Reds. Mm. Uh, you know, the, for the Mets, I'm interested because, look, they have a bullpen to build. They have Edwin Diaz. I think they're going to bring Adovino back. But outside of that, Seth Lugo is more than likely, I think, gone uh, he's not been in contact with the Mets. I think uh, other teams have expressed interest. I think he's as good as gone. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they build that bullpen. Do they strike a deal with Tampa, bring it over bring it over for a couple of relievers for maybe a prospect, a lower-end prospect? Uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I think the Mets could certainly be attacking relievers on the free agent market as well. Uh, but that's going to be a development that I'm interested to see. Who does Tampa deal with and what get what does get dealt? Because they haven't specifically ruled out anybody. So I think that leads me to believe anybody's on the market uh, they just have to get the right price for it. So yep. that is well. That's how it usually goes for a team with a disappointing loss like Tampa, where it all all goes to hell. And they're the, and they're uh, one of the lower market playoffs. teams. Exactly. You know, they feel like they have to make splashes and and really uh, go around the big money spending. Be- like you said, because they're a lower market, they can't shell out a lot of money for for these high end guys in the free agent market. So they're going to try and do it the old fashioned way. Um, just be careful with the Mets trading. We saw those. Uh, I. <laughs> Me and Jack were on the phone during the trade deadline. Uh, remember that day? How how long that feels? Yeah. How long ago that feels? Yeah. Yeah. The Mets didn't do too hot there. I don't want to talk about Darren Ruff ever. It's rough, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I very, told you. Very. He is awful. He's going to be on the pretty team next bad. Year. He's going to be on the team next year. He is. I love it. Yeah. So who would have thought? 
Trading away Ohapi was a better decision than the Mets made. <laughs> yep. It's the world we live in. It's a crazy win. universe. Win some, you lose some. So, But the Phillies win a whole lot more. Is what it is. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm interested because the Mets are also, you know, the, a couple older tidbits here. Michael Conforto, a potential Mets reunion there. He's a free wow. agent. It was out last There's year <laughs> with, an interest, uh, with an injury, shoulder injury, missed all last year. He could come back to New York potentially. Um, and Justin Verlander has hit the free agent market. It's going to be interesting to see who gets him. He's going to ask for a hefty price, decline the $25 million option with the Astros. Ooh, that's I think he's as number. good as gone. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Mitch, um, question for you right now, outside. Yeah. I think I asked you this a couple couple weeks ago. Uh, not a couple weeks ago, last week. Last week. Um, you know, Outside of Turner to the Phillies, yeah. what would be your hottest free agent take and what would be your like slash most surprising free agent landing spot for anybody? Well, I said... Uh, you haven't talked about Judge yet. Real quick before you answer. You haven't talked about Judge yet. We haven't talked about some of the other big guys just yet. I said, What's your answer? I said Suarez from the Padres to the Phillies. That's not happening. The Padres re-signed him. Uh, most surprising for anybody... Mm. <sighs> kind of it, put you on the spot. It, it is on the spot, but I think I would have to go with that uh, cross New York um, Judge situation. Judge to the Mets. The judge to the Mets. What would that deal look like to you? If you had to strike uh, a deal right now, it would be quite hefty. Um, you don't have to give me an exact number. Give me just give me the number of years. Cause I'm interested to see you. Number what, of year? How old is he? He is, I believe, thirty, thirty or thirty-one. Thirty. It's a nine-year deal. Okay, nine-year deal. And I would have a new man to hate for my uh, mid-twenties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that and, and you know that might be how much money he makes a year. Mid-twenties, you know. Uh, could be somewhere around a two hundred million dollar deal, north of that even. But I, the problem is he's already thirty. You know, he's kind of up there in age, so that's an issue. But um, yeah, Judge to the Mets could uh, could be. You know, you asked me very surprising. I think that would be pretty pretty surprising there. So yeah, I mean, look, that would be uh... aside from Turner to the Cubs, that would shock me even more. But. I don't know why they're in that market, honestly. I don't know why. Yeah, Turner, I don't think Turner is Turner's not the fit for them. I think no, uh, I don't think at all. I think if I think Correa would be a better fit for Correa would be a great for fit for the Cubs because he was just with the Twins. He signed a one-year deal, a multi-year deal with the opt-out after the first year. He elects to opt out to try to get some more money. I think if a, there's a guy to stay in the Midwestern region, 100%. I think it would be Correa. Absolutely. I was just gonna go down. I was thinking, you know, Bogarts doesn't strike me as going to the Cubs. That would be interesting, though. It could be, but I just I got a gut feeling that it's not going to happen. But Correa, you know, he seems like the one with the least um, rumors on him to the big teams, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe Correa to the Mets could uh, could actually. Oh be God, I don't want that. Why not? I don't like. I I don't think he's a great character guy. I think it's a very. I, I think it's very coincidental that the first year he leaves and they get Jeremy Payne a good enough shortstop to fill his shoes in and they win the World Series. <laughs> That's just my take. Correa's not a bad player. He, don't get me he wrong. He was there when they got to it like three other times. Yeah, but I don't know. They they weren't fully healthy this year. This is like the first year Bregman was fully healthy. He showed out massively in the playoffs. Yep. Look, I don't know. Correa's a very good player. I'm not trying to discredit what he's done on the field. And he's he was a pretty good analyst uh, You know, during the playoff run as well. They had him on uh, you know the postgame show for Fox a couple of times. He was very well spoken. Yeah. But just to me, I don't know. I, I just don't think he's a right fit for the Mets. I think he's just better suited somewhere else. Good player. I'm okay. not going to go into the character side of things because I don't 
really know. I don't really watch a lot of Carlos Correa, you know, post games yeah. and stuff like that. I'm not usually sticking around after Twins games that I don't Yeah, watch. exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I do have the MLB Extra Innings package, which means I can watch pretty much any game except for the Phillies, but I'm not sitting... Except for the know, Phillies? On a routine, yeah, because... Directv gets, yeah, gets blacked out. Oh, so. that's awful. Yeah, because Com- Comcast says, nope, this is ours. So, yeah, yeah, so they don't share the wealth. But uh, it is what it is. I, I've had my gripes about it, but I cannot complain anymore. Well, further. did you hear that they might be um, doing away with that? As they should. Blackouts yeah. should not be a thing. Well, so apparently pre-pandemic, I, I saw a TikTok about this, so it must be true. Yeah, it must um, be true. It's on the internet. <laughs> apparently, uh, I've heard rumors that uh, pre-pandemic, there was a deal that the MLB was going to have uh, a conglomerate of the uh, Fox, uh, local Fox stations. And they were, I forget exactly, what, I think it was like Valleys or something they were going to call it, but it was going to have all the MLB games in one consolidated location that you could pay for, right? Yes. Um, and then the pandemic hit and the funding went away, all that stuff, and it fell apart. But apparently now they're revamping the idea and apparently the NBA and NHL want in on it. Interesting. Yeah. That would be... That would be the best idea for the consumer. That would be fantastic. I think that does sound very consumer-friendly. I, I, I mean, look, sports needs that. That needs to happen. Blackouts are some of the most ridiculous things because it blocks viewers from seeing their teams just because you live in an area that's not of your team. Like, I'm a New York fan living in the Philly market. I don't get to see the Mets play the Phillies because... Of, of the, the TV rights deals, so I don't know. It, it's strange. And especially in a game where there's local broadcast. There's a Phillies broadcast and there's a Mets broadcast. Yeah, I can't even Why get the wouldn't Mets you broadcast. just be able to get the Mets? I know. I don't I, get that. I can't get the Mets broadcast. It That's what I'm saying. You, zero you, sense. You can't get the Mets broadcast. Right, if they black out the Phillies broadcast, I understand that because you wouldn't be able to watch that anyways. But yeah, that's like normal. But yes. block, uh, black out the Mets? That's ridiculous. Makes no sense. Absolutely ridiculous. And that's 19 games of the 162 that... I pay to not see. So that's uh It's a pretty he- well, it'll change uh this yeah, next year, yeah, right? Next it's year. Less. How many yeah. is it gonna be? I think it's down to thirteen or yeah. twelve. Something yeah. like that. Bummer. I like that though. Bummer. Only I like that ish series. I like that though because it makes it cer- like you know how like you look at the central divisions and they play in the yeah, weaker so divisions. They just farm wins. Yeah, and it's circumstantial, yeah, because yeah, they farm wins against the lowly opponents in the division. Yes. It makes it that you have to earn the wins more outside of your division. Then if you play in a bad division, you can just get into the playoffs because you roll over all the bad teams. So mm-hmm. I like that for that aspect. But it does kind of tamper the— It takes you know, away from yeah. me hating the Mets. You know, it's pros and cons. I mean, it doesn't take away from me hating the Phillies at all. Every every, but, every uh, 12 or 13 takes, times you play them. It takes a few times where I can direct my hate directly at my television. Yes. Now I have to watch more afar. It's true. I still hate the Mets. Don't get me wrong. But, it's a uh, good thing because all the other good teams in the East get to play the Nationals less. So Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I guess uh, our free wins are our free wins are gone. Too. Well, you guys didn't play them all that well. Well, we did early on, and then I don't know what happened. <laughs> it fell apart. We were we were, I think ten and three against them at one point, and then the last six games really just phew, tapered off. So I'll never forgive thirteen to four. That was a I I was so shocked when I saw that score. I'm like, I, the Nationals are beating down the Phillies thirteen to four. I was upset that day. Oh, I was not happy. Another interesting rumor: maybe David Robertson in the Mets. I could see that. Man. Have him. Have him. Happened. I'll take him as a seventh inning guy. He's terrible. And another year on him? Come on, give me a break. Low pressure situation? I'm taking it. Dave Robertson. It, that's every pitcher. I mean, yeah. I mean, when the game are, is already over, who cares what they do? Yes. Yeah, I mean, some guys take are Nick built for, Nelson, why some, don't you? Some guys are built for the spotlight, some guys aren't. 
Yeah, it's just kind exactly. of the circumstantial matter we are in. Philly's bullpen needs some work. Maybe it they, does. Maybe they should make some calls to Tampa. I'm interested to see the Phillies' closer is next year. I really am. It's going to be a really odd situation because now. it's not going to be Sir Anthony. Sir Anthony's the better seventh slash eighth inning guy. Eighth inning is where he makes his money. Exactly. I, I'm interested to see who they bring in. They got to bring somebody in. You right? would think. And this is what uh, this is what Dombrowski did last year. He brought in the combination of uh, Familia, gross, Canable, uh, oh, yeah. hurt but good, good and stuff, hand, good, stuff, good and then awful. Um, you know, he went out and got three good, mm, thought to be good, pitchers. <laughs> but he at least went out and got pitching, right? So you would think he's going to do some more of those one-year, two-year deals that we're comfortable with in the bullpen. And I, I unfortunately don't think we'll have a headline guy like Diaz or Suarez or anything like that. But it'll be another, um, you know, another piecemeal, one-year, two-year deal bullpen. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and I mean, for me, it's just, look, David Dombrowski is a good executive. He really is. He's built very. some. He's built some very good rosters. He's gotten teams to the World Series. He's won the World Series. He's a guy who knows how to build a very competitive roster and can get teams into the playoffs consistently. But the one problem he has been over his track record has been the ability to build a bullpen, and mm-hmm. that is. I mean, he look. I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole again. He had those great Tigers teams. They made the World Series one year, failed to ever get back because the bullpen just was never good enough. The lineup was good. The pitching was, uh, the starting pitching was fantastic. Bullpen just could never do the job. Um, but I'm interested to see, does, does history repeat itself? Because we know what this Phillies lineup is. They're a good lineup. The starting rotation is there. The, the, the core pieces are there with Wheeler and Nola. And Suarez is pretty good as well. Can they build the 4-5 and five around him? I'm assuming they probably will build a good enough starting rotation to be top 10 in the league. I think but, so, right? They have to. But the bullpen is the just big, gigantic question. It's not even about the effectiveness on the field. I mean, that is a big part of it, and they have to be effective. But the ability to build a solid bullpen, can he do it? That That's just my biggest question. First step is doing it on paper. Then the teams separate themselves by doing it on the field. But exactly. If you don't put guys in position to succeed, they're not going to succeed much you know, Absolutely. more than, than guys that are in position. Couldn't agree more. Like You have to at least bring the pieces in. So we'll see what he does. Um, you know who, Who's still on the books for the Phillies? It's... Uh, Sir Anthony, and then a whole lot of question marks. Question marks, yeah. Lottie's still here, right? I mean, the uh, Mets have a couple of questions. A lot of question marks, too. Did, interesting. Um, is Alvarado's contract up? I don't know. I think he was a two-year deal that ended this year. So I'm not sure, though. Maybe. But, you know, like I said, those one-year deals are gone. Thank God, Familia. I mean, he was gone halfway through the year. But <laughs> Man, Cable, Jerry's. Um, and Hand, I think, are gone. So who else? Because those were the people we were going to. Uh, Brogdon? Bilotti? Yeah, I think Brogdon and Bilotti are still going to That's be uncomfy. So that's not comfy. You got Brogdon and Brogdon, Bellotti, and Dominguez, the big three. Oh, dude. locking it down, triple crown right there. I mean, those three guys are going to get you through. That's, Connor Brogdon, that's basically the new Utley, Howard, and uh, Rollins. Right it's there. basically the new Astros, Abreu, Montero, and Presley. Exactly, one hundred percent. You know, each of them in their own right is their own Edwin Diaz. Yeah, each one of them in their own right is going to go the next postseason but not giving up a run. Right. So you know, it's basically Brad Lidge times three. Well, 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 Montero gave up runs. Abreu and Presley didn't, which still baffles me. I still can't get over that. Like, that's incredible. It's crazy. It, it really is insane how their eighth and ninth inning guys, well, Abreu pitched in the seventh and eighth, but two of their big time relievers just didn't give up a run in the postseason. Yeah. I, it, it's still. It's nuts. It's mind boggling. It's, it's really just unbelievable. But with that being said, we are going to move on our MLB discussion. Let's do it. Well, we are going to the NFL. It was a crazy week. Starting Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night. Hey, Atlanta fireworks all around. Falcons. What happened? happened? Uh, how do you lose to the Carolina Panthers? Oh, oh it's so funny. Well, you know what's not funny? 
Um, Baker Mayfield having to start next week. I was going to say, P.J. Walker, unfortunately, has a uh, high ankle sprain. Unsure how much time he's going to miss, but Baker Mayfield will be making the start. He will be baking the start next week. Not good. Well, he's back against Baltimore, so maybe he gets a win against one of his old divisional foes. I don't know, though. That's going to be a bloodbath. (laughs) That's not going to be good. Deontay Foreman. Continues to, be continues to be uh, Christian McCaffrey, too. He continues to be better than Christian McCaffrey. A little bit. A little bit. Stats. Deontay yeah. Foreman, uh, surprise Norman player Norman the, the year. Foreman. We're going to make up an award. Deontay, For- uh, Deontay. Deontay Foreman, surprise player of the year. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I mean, look, we thought the Falcons had a chance at this division. That is gone in my mind after this. Carolina? Yes. Carolina's got a shot at the division. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. I mean, that's that's just a, you can't lose that game. That is prime time against one of the worst assembled teams. I mean, in the league you know in the crazy? past ten years. I mean, it's bad. <laughs> the Panthers are three and one in the South. All three of their wins are in division. Yeah, they beat the Saints. Did they beat the Bucks? I uh, they did. They did. Wow. They beat them at home. See, the division games are so weird. Oh yeah, they crushed them. Yeah, it wasn't even close. Imagine the Panthers go down there and beat them in Tampa. Oh. Oh man! Like imagine the Panthers went like seven and ten, and got in the playoffs. Could that could that happen for you? That's weird. No, that can't happen. There's how many games left? They're three and seven. Yeah, they gotta they gotta go four and three. They gotta go four and three. Get I mean, the Panthers let, run the let, table let, here. Let's run down the schedule. There are some winnable games. Lost next week. Okay, at Baltimore, that's probably a loss. Home to Denver. Win. That could win. You could win that. At Seattle, it's gonna be tough. Loss. Home to Pittsburgh, that's Win-ish. a winnable game. That's a winnable game. Winnish, yeah. Home to the Lions, another winnable game. Yeah. At Tampa, it's going to be tough. And then at New Orleans, that's a winnable game. Even yeah. though it's on the road, the Saints are not overly impressive at all. There's no. a, there's they a already path. beat the Saints. There's a path. There's a path for the Panthers. There's to a path the to go four and three. Now, now the Bucks are going to have to lose a couple games, but if you could find a way to stun the Bucks in Tampa Bay. And you could take care of some business that along the Bucks rest of the way. That Bucks game, I mean, depending on how the Bucks play here, could I mean, decide a shot. the uh, division. There is a shot. Not not likely, but there's a shot. That's the weird. Bucks got to go to Cleveland. Deshaun Watson is coming back. Browns can win that game. Deshaun Watson, Brown? No, 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 he's not. Oh, wait, is he? Deshaun Watson will be back in, uh, what is it, week 10? Yeah, he'll be back in two weeks. Okay, week 12, weeks. I think, because it's okay. an 11-game suspension. Yeah, 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 you're right. He comes back the week after the bye against uh, the Texans. Yeah. Yes, yeah. the NFL conveniently had right. To work you out know, just so happy. Yeah, J- just so circumstantial oh. that we're going to suspend a player while not looking at the schedule at all. Yeah, why? And have him come back against. This Houston. is so honestly, this kind of upsets me. It does. NFL, it really because gets under my skin. It, this one in particular, because they're you know what they're going to do? They're going to have all the networks make a big deal about this revenge game for a player that is a everyone hates this man. Yeah, this man is a bad man. Yeah, exactly. There are words a we lot would of like to use minds. to describe this guy that we can't say on air because we would be kicked off. But we will refrain. When does that ever stop me? This guy's no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't stop me. FCC. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but in all seriousness, though, I yeah. said not to tell me. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, yeah. No one. No, I cannot think of a single person who likes Deshaun Watson. I mean, you, what they should have done is is make it a. Just a normal... Why do you have to put storylines around this guy? He's already got enough. Stop putting in the publicity for this Because guy. at this point, it makes it feel like it's not even like a suspension for what he did. It's just a suspension, enough games to get him back for the biggest storyline game you could possibly generate. Exactly. The, exactly. The suspension now feeds into the storyline. Yeah, it doesn't even feel like it's a quality... Say, like It's not even like you're saying, okay, we're suspending this guy because he did this. No, we're suspending this guy enough games so we can get back and play against them, huh? 
Uh, how about that, right. marketing team? Yeah. Take it from here. No, but yeah, it's it's preposterous. We 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 talked about this a while ago, but it is coming up on us now in a couple of weeks. So I got a question, Jack. Certainly mentioned to be talked about again. Yes, all so. this talked about, and uh, in my fantasy draft, late round pick. Yeah, guess who I? Yeah, stacked. you took Deshaun Watson. Right, but I, my question is. Do so, I start him that so, week against the Texans? So, yeah, this is where Mitch No first. confidence. Mitch, is, Mitch has two paths. This is where he takes a fork in the road. He aligns, he aligns, he aligns, and then he goes moral compass one way, a fork in the road, fantasy football team another. That's where it goes. Wow. Fork in the road. So He's going he's gonna to be on the football field whether I start him or not. That's true. Right? I have no you say just, on his, just, his punishment. I have, nothing to do, I have nothing to do with how this situation is governed. You My only question is, should I potentially profit from it, right? Should you? I'm not. I'm not hitting the switch. In right? a byproduct, make the make money off of Deshaun Watson. Make money. Back. Oh yeah, if I win, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Should I profit off? <laughs> that sounds awful. bad. That sounds really bad. Well, with that, but he's are... going to be there no matter what. Anyway, no, my actual question was a football-related question, strictly football. Let's forget about all extenuating circumstances. Um, jo- uh, not Josh Allen. That is a completely different quarterback. That is Deshaun Watson. Uh Deshaun Watson. Uh <laughs> Clemson's own. Yeah, when he comes back that first week, what is that? Thirteen. Yes. Yeah, week thirteen. Uh, fantasy football is coming down to the wire. I think our last, last game week of the regular season. 14-ish. Yeah, 14 because of the extended season now. The playoffs are 15, 16, 17. Oh, yeah. So yeah. second to last game, I'll, you know, we don't know my record officially. I'll be 8-2 and two after this week, so two more games. Let's, let's say I go 1-1 one and one and I'm 9-3. and three. Uh, One to two game lead in the division. Do I start Deshaun Watson behind curtain number one, <laughs> Kyler Murray behind curtain number two, and a video game controller? <laughs> Or Geno Smith. Oh, that's a tough one. That is a toughie, right? I think you have to also throw the newest edition of Call of Duty in behind curtain number two. Right, yeah. So, <laughs> so well, we will answer that question when we come back. Yeah. We are going to our second break and final break of hour number one. Thank you all for listening to Heavy Hitters, as always. Plenty more coming after the break, so be sure to stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Lots more NFL talk coming on the flip side of this break here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. Get you are. And welcome back into Heavy Hitters right here on the radio voice of Cutstown University. KUR Cutstown, Jack Heim and Mitchell Smedley oh. coming your way. And Mitch is... Oh, no. Oh, that actually hurt. I don't know what just happened. I... Oh. I scooted my chair in. Yeah. And uh, my knee went directly into this corner of the desk. Oh, that's not fun. Oh. That's that was bad. I don't know how I didn't just say one of seven deadly words. Well, I muted your mic, so. Oh, we did. Okay. I did, yes. You might have been picked up on mine, but. <laughs> I think I just, I think all you heard on mine was, oh. Yes, I muted as soon as you said, oof, because I knew something happened. <laughs> oh. But, uh, yes, Um, one more tidbit of MLB, though. I just, I forgot to mention this earlier. Then we'll get back to NFL. Um, Way to go. Let, I know. Way to go. I know. It's a low budget show, folks. Blame me. Blame me. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I very will blame sorry. you. You, you know? should. You should. I forgot to mention it. So, left handed pitcher Martin Perez likely to accept the Rangers' qualifying offer by tomorrow's deadline, Martin. barring a change in his marketplace over the next 24 hours. He was had a breakout year for Texas last year. Really started him as the ace of that rotation. So, interesting to monitor. They're going to look to bring in pieces built around him, but uh, he will likely be staying as a Ranger at least for next year. So, I'll throw in a note. Uh, okay. Back to NFL, though. You know, more on topic. Well, sorry. Uh, I, I like told you to bring that in. Told you over the break. Uh, CBS Sports uh, put out a little, you know, week ten notes and stuff. What and, do they uh, know? One I'm of them kidding. was 
One of them was that uh, OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., for those uninformed, would be a uh, an ideal fit for the Eagles, which I don't necessarily see, but uh, maybe there's some sources behind it. So um, Odell Beckham looking for a landing spot. Giants are also throwing their name Giants in. Giants are that, definitely that throwing their name Cowboys. in. Cowboys. Gross. Um, who else? How about them Cowboys, team. by the way? It was we'll get there. there. Oh, it was another team. I can't remember off the top of my head. It was Bills. It was, oh, I thought the Ravens. Bills and Ravens, I think. Okay. Good. So there were two more teams. Yeah. Good job. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> so we talked about Panthers-Falcons. Yeah, the Panthers get the win. Uh, what was it, like 25-15? Yes, it is. Pinero field goal put it out of reach at the very bitter end. Deontay Foreman got in the end zone again, as we mentioned. Um, the Falcons offense, really quiet. I played against both Pitts and Allgaier. Both of them were terrible. Two catches for Pitts, like a catch or something for Allgaier or whatever. It was Allgier. a bad night for the offense. Allgaier, yeah. Oh, I say Allgaier. Allgaier, yeah. It's, Allgier. Uh, I think it's Tyson is his first Algier? Name? Yeah, Algier, that's it. Algier, okay. Yeah. See, I have text-to-speech on my phone that reads these to me on fantasy. So, you know, I just go with what that gives me. Uh, anyways, oh. That was bad. Uh, we're going to move on, not to our 1 o'clock slate, but to our 9.30 slate. Uh, we had one game over in Germany. How about that? Did you see the video of them all singing Country Roads? I did see that. That was beautiful. Germany, an electric, electric environment. It was fantastic to see the game. 100%. Grown over the international level. I mean, we've seen them go to, you know, the UK and England. Wembley's okay. Wembley's, yeah, Wembley's okay. They were at Tottenham Stadium this year. Yeah. On one of the top Premier League clubs. We'll see uh, Mexico City next Monday. We will. Speaking of soccer, World Cup's coming around. How about that? So uh, Men's actually qualified this time around. Yes, they are. They're in a group <laughs> with, uh, I think they're Group B, I think. I don't know. I'll have to look up the field of teams. Something like that. But uh, anyways, back to football. American football. The right football. We, uh, we saw Tom Brady and the Buccaneers uh, take down the Seattle Seahawks and Geno Smith despite a uh, last quarter comeback. Of sorts, two late touchdowns made it a close uh, five-point game, right? Something like that. Yeah. I think the Bucks got a field goal toward the end to make it an eight-point victory for Tampa. <laughs> you like what I did there? Yes. First down, Tampa. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a twenty-one-sixteen final. Yeah. It's, okay, so they didn't. It was just a uh, just a five-point there. So, um, man, I mean, the Bucks—they got it right. Fournette got in the end zone. I don't, I don't know. Julio and Godwin. Yeah. So, what do you what do you make of these Buccaneers? They're losing to terrible teams. They're beating you know pretty good teams this year. What do you What do you think? Well, I tell you what, they need to stick away from those trick plays with Fournette oh. throwing to Brady. Oh. Uh, I don't know when people are going to learn that Brady can't catch the football. I don't know. I don't know why Byron Leftwich says, you know what? It's going to be a good idea to have my running back throw to a forty five year old quarterback guarded by a twenty three year old corner. Off his hands, incomplete. Super Bowl fifty two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least he was open there. Brady falls down running the route this time, and then the cornerback just jumps up and picks it. So uh, Byron left, which was some very creative but also puzzling play calling. Bucks escape of the win. Look, I am not sold on this team. No. Brady Brady post-divorce is a new animal. He's 2-0. He's hit that extra gear, I guess. Goes for 258. This is the extra gear, though? 21 points against the Seahawks? Not, I would, yeah, extra gear is in quotes of how bad this offense has been, though. Yeah. I mean, 21 is it's better. better than what they've been doing. It's average now. Yeah. So, look, they're 5-5. Five and five. They are a byproduct of an awful division. Um, any other division you throw them in, they're not winning it, and mm. they're not going to the playoffs. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's just Brady's Brady, so happens to be. He's back with the Bucks, and they're in the worst division of football. Tom Brady. 
Lucky. Figures. Yeah. Figures. Just works out that way, doesn't it? Always. Always um, does. How do you make Always the does. how do you make out of the Seahawks out of this matchup? They're gonna be look, I think they're fine. They played competitive. They played a very stout run defense, and that showed. And with Kenneth Walker not being able to do much of anything on the ground. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, Geno Smith, when you have to run a one-dimensional offense, it's more than likely going to be tough to win a football game. But, you know, the fact that you're able to keep it competitive and be able to have a chance in the fourth quarter when you get blanked in the first half, impressive to me. This team's going to fight. They're young. They're scrappy. I like the identity that this team has. And uh, I think they will be a wild-card team, and it's all said and done. I truly okay. do. Yeah, I think the I, Niners will come back and win this division, but I see Seattle slipping in as a 10-win team. Completely agree with you, especially after the uh, Niners got another one last night, correct? Yes, they did. Yeah. They they came back and beat the Chargers. I called that. I nearly called that, man. I put that as one of my upsets of the week, and the Chargers nearly eked it out. Mm. Mm. Can you tell them a little passionate about that? A little bit, yeah. So, but Because uh, you called me crazy. Voice crack there. Oh, that was that was one for the ages. Right I know. There. Funny. Um, no, I... I it was closer than I imagined. It was a six-point win, but uh, just a disgusting throw at the end by uh, Justin Herbert, who is off this year, by the way. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. He was one of the premier up-and-coming quarterbacks, right up there with Allen and Mahomes in the AFC, and now it's just it's a two-horse race now. So Yeah, I don't know what's going on. That's this disappointing. is a weird year. I mean, he was hurt. He had the injury, so uh, don't count the Chargers out next year, but I, I like their defensive line, though. How about that? They, yeah, uh, it's good. It is good. They, yeah, they really are. Bosa a team and they uh, can tell is coming together. Kyle, who's that guy? Is that Fuller? Yeah, he's a corner though. Oh, Fuller. Yeah, they got Khalil Mack. Yeah, they do have Khalil Mack. Yep. Yeah, Mack and, Bosa. Uh, they build up the inside with. Uh, uh, they have someone else alongside Tillery. They got a guy from the Rams. I forget. I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Yeah, but Rams watching the game last night, I was uh, I was impressed by the D line uh, and the defense as a whole of the Chargers, keeping the Niners in check and uh, giving them a chance. Herbert could not get it done. That was kind of like a really far jump ahead to Sunday Night Football. We will get there, though. Yeah, we will. In due time. In due time, Mr. Smedley. But it is time for a message from the KU KU Notebook. Attention, KU community. Want to join a campus club that has a focus on activism, racial justice, gender equity, self-empowerment, and anti-violence? If so, come join FMLA. FMLA meets every Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. at room 104 in the Boxwood House. We hope to see you there. Once again, FMLA meets every Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. at room 104 in the Boxwood House. We hope to see you there. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Coastal University. Okay, you are heavy hitters. Final about five minutes or so of hour number one. We will get back into a light uh, discussion of the NFL before we will continue it in hour two. But, uh, you know, I want to take a brief look ahead at the Seahawks schedule because you mentioned they could be a 10-win team. I want to paint the picture of the path for them getting there. They host the Raiders this week. Very winnable game. At the Rams, down here for them, they can win that game on the road. It's going to be tough, but you know they can get it done. Home to home to the Panthers. We just talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We uh, did and I, I had that. it as a loss for the Panthers. I have I have Seattle winning that game. Big game. Home to San Fran on Thursday night. Ooh, that's a Thursday night game. Yeah. What uh, what day? When's that? Uh, December fifteenth. Ooh, finals. Right week. in the midst of finals week, baby. Yeah. Well, right towards the end, honestly. Yeah. Should be mostly done at that. Take point. a take a little relaxation. Re- take. Take a chill pill from your finals. Uh, I might, you know, depending on how classes shake out, I might be home by that point. Yeah, maybe. You you never, uh, if you don't have Friday finals, why stick around? Exactly. So, good game. Absolutely. They finish off at KC, home to the Jets and home to the Rams. So, not the easiest schedule, but there is a path to 10 wins there. It is. There is a path to 10 wins there. 
Mitch, I think it's time we move on to a quick game for the 1 o'clock slate to wrap up hour number one. And then I say we open up with a quite extensive breakdown of one other 1 o'clock game on the other side. Yes. Uh, the quick one I want to talk about is uh, Steelers Saints. Not yep. much to talk about here. 20-10 <laughs> to 10 win. Snooze fest! Uh, puts the... Puts all the- <laughs> Puts all the fans there and watching at home to to sleep. Uh, the quarterback battle for the ages, the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, and Kenny Pickett. Mm. Oh, wow. Isn't that just the quarterback matchup you dream of on primetime? I mean, that is just... <laughs> Thank God this wasn't on primetime. <laughs> no, that is just... Uh, it's, it's basically uh, Foles and Brady all over again. Dueling it out, you know, a thousand combined yards or whatever they had. 900 or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what it was. Oh, Just, yeah. Just, um, you know, not. Take 1,000 and subtract it by 700. Like 700, yeah. And you get 300 total yards, which you're like, oh, that's a decent day for a quarterback. No, sir, that was two combined quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, closer year. to 400 because Dalton went for 174, pick it for 199. So, uh, Najee looked better, though. He really did. 20 carries for 99 yards, five yards a pop. He looked back to himself. You know, people have been, there's been this, you know, Thing where, oh, Najee Harris will be the next Trent Richardson. Oh, please. Oh, please. Hush with that nonsense. This guy's playing with a Lisk Frank injury in his foot. By the way, it's extremely tough to play with. Uh, it's an injury, I think, that's right in the middle of your foot. Mm. I think. I think. Don't don't quote me on that. I'm not, uh, I'm not a guy who is up to date with anatomy in terms of the exact bones in your foot. But uh, Najee got traded for pennies in my league, by the way. Uh, in the middle of that game, let me pull up the exact... Uh, figure of that awful trade by the way yeah but real quick uh Steelers ran it really well TJ Watt being back really helped that rush defense uh even though they didn't really get home on the sack uh side of things Watt's presence alone makes this defense tenfold uh way better uh so I mean for me look Steelers they're three and six they're not a good football team but they're competitive they're not going to quit under Tomlin that's just what they are that's what they do they don't quit they don't really give up more times than not uh, and they found a way to grind it out in a ugly kind of game at Aquashore Stadium, <clears throat> Heinz Field. But, uh, yeah. I figured it out, Jack. What, what was it? Ready for this? Najee Harris was traded in exchange for two players, Terrence Marshall Jr. and Cole Komet. Ew. Ew. Who did that? Um, not who, a uh, not who, a good man. Who traded Najee for that? Uh, I guess someone. My theory is That he, package is horrible. My theory is he threw out a bunch of offers. And uh, while the game was going on and Najee actually looked good again, someone rushed to go claim it, you know? <laughs> rushed to go accept the trade. So, wow. that is a situation. Wow. Bad trade. Bad trade alert. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> pound the alarm. Yeah, pound the alarm. Bad trade for that guy. Uh, but, yeah, Mitch, we are nearing our hourly break. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we go to break in terms of St. Steelers or just NFL in general? I'm just upset that... Uh, this guy had um, Lamar Jackson starting for most of his uh, most of the weekend, and uh, he was on a bye. And then somehow he just added uh, Taylor Heineke and threw him in the start and dropped. Somehow he dropped Elijah Moore. Oh wait, oh Elijah Moore. Oh, I thought it was Elijah Mitchell. Okay, that's yeah. what conf- I was like. How did he drop him after the game? <laughs> nah, it is not. Oh, okay. So I'm just an idiot. That's what we've learned here. So now I, I have to sweat it out tonight because I'm. Uh, How much you up by? I am up. I have won 11. He has 94. He has Heineke. I have Eagles defense. 
Oh, you should be good. Should be is should the key be. word there, though. But that's only a 17-point margin. Well, And the better unless, Heineke does, the worse the defense Unless does. Taylor Heineke has a day of carving up the Eagles secondary. He's which got I don't days envision. of like 20-ish points. I'm right? not saying Taylor Heineke is an absolute garbage quarterback, but I'm, not, I'm saying he shouldn't be able to light up one of the better defenses in the league. Uh, for terms of going up and over 20 fantasy points. Yeah, this so. should be... Uh, I'll, I'll have to at least sweat it out a little bit. But yes, you just will. just make the victory even greater for the birds. Well, greater for the birds, greater for you. With that being said, we do have to take our break. Uh, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere, though. I don't know why that was so awkward. But that was awesome. Yeah, when we come back for hour number two, further going into our NFL discussion, and after that, college football and NHL, if time permits. So don't go anywhere. Plenty more coming your way next here on Heavy Hitters. Our number two. That's good for a heavy hitter's first down. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim, radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. And we are. That is us. That is us. We are that radio station. We are. KUR. We are KUR. We KUR. Yes. How about that? We should get that on shirts. Tell Brandon, we are, or no, we K-U-R. We K-U-R. We K-U-R. <laughs> Soda pop from the mountaintop. <laughs> Anyways, we are in the middle, midst, I got caught up in the midst of midst and middle. Uh, we are talking about the NFL, uh, recapping the week 10. 10 action, and it is uh, on to, want to go to Buffalo? Why not? Let's knock the game of the year possibility out of the way. It's a contender to the view to the beautiful voice of Joe Davis. You know, man, we're very acquainted with right now, and he had another one for the ages to call um, on Sunday. The Minnesota Vikings traveled to take on the Buffalo Bills, and my goodness, this game of two potential, uh, you know, deep playoff run teams did not disappoint. My Goodness, this game had it all. Uh, you know, Buffalo, they jumped out to a uh, 24-10 lead and really never looked back. I'm kidding, because here comes Dalvin Cook running for 81 yards. Here comes Justin Jefferson, like, becoming Odell on steroids. Uh, here comes uh, a fumble on the, uh, well, in the end zone, actually, after stopping the Vikings on fourth and goal. Uh, Buffalo fumbles in the end zone, gives the Vikings new life. Jack, here comes Josh Allen, a, a last-minute uh, drive down to get a field goal to send it to overtime. We got extra football in this one. And, um, man, it, it, the difference ended up being a Josh Allen interception. Who caught that? It was uh, who picked Pat it? Pete. Yeah, Patrick Peterson. And um, the Vikings get the overtime win. What was it, 30-27? to 33-30. to 33-30. Okay, there was extra field goal in there. Man, Jack, where do we start unpacking this? Did the did the Vikings win or did the Bills lose this game here? I mean, the choke job by the Buffalo Bills was un- unreal. Simply unreal. 27-17 to 17 lead going into the fourth quarter. You're up by double digits. If you want to consider yourself one of the elite teams in the National Football League, you don't lose that game. Not mm-hmm. the way they did. Not the way they did. Mm-hmm. They broke their fans' hearts yet again. Josh Allen is 0-4 in overtime games. Throws a absolutely awful interception. Should in not game. have done that. I mean, I mean where are you throwing that? I mean, that? I mean, that guy is blanketed. I mean, do you not see the guy standing in a white jersey right in front of your wide receiver? Because I guess he didn't. I mean, it's, and, it's a 
puzzling throw. Yeah, after some good plays to get him down there. They were yeah. into field goal range had, easily. Had two big runs in overtime to get them down the field pretty quickly. Then they had another you know, nice little pass play to Stephon Diggs. You know, penalty. get inside the 20, penalty gets them even further. And then he throws the game away. Literally. Literally. Throws an interception, game over, Vikings win it. Cue, cue the Joe Buck voice just because he didn't do the game. You can't say that, but... Vikings win it! Vikings win it! <laughs> yeah, they're 8-1. Look, the Vikings resiliency, fantastic, but I am not sold that this team did a marvelous comeback. They did they did what they needed to do, but I think the Bills, it was more of the Bills handing them the game than the Vikings coming back and taking it. What's so your take on this? So there's two key turnovers. I mean, the, the Pat Pete interception, but... Josh Allen fumbling in the end zone? Yep. Like, he never got a handle on the ball. This is simple stuff. This is snapping a football to your quarterback. This is stuff that NFL teams should easily be able to execute that they failed to do that lost in the game. Winning teams get two yards on that play. Oh, 100%. Two, winning, two yards. Winning teams don't even fumble on that play. No. It, yeah, you get tackled for a safety, and you force the other team to still use their offense. Yeah. I mean, come on now. But <laughs> the fumble in the end zone, uh, I Forget who recovered it, but uh, Eric Kendricks. Oh, was it Kendricks? Yes. Wow. Okay. That's what I have here. Interesting. With it. Yeah. So, so uh, Vikings. I mean, that was a monumental play, especially after the defense of the Bills. Uh, shout out to the Bills' defense here. I mean, they stopped them on fourth and goal in close range. It was like first and goal inside the five. Uh, cue the the Brennan mm-hmm. inside the five. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that's where the credit for the Bills' defense has to start and stop, though. No. 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 Um, because they really? also in overtime, this is big. They held him to a field goal. I mean, yeah, this is but the they... this is the gripe with the overtime rules is the the team that wins a coin toss, you know, scores a touchdown. It's over. They did their job in overtime. Yeah, they and Allen had them goal. in position to win, and Allen is the one that threw it away. Even after giving up an eighty-one yard touchdown run, Tyler I get Cook, it, my boy. I get it. You don't want to give the the defense credit. I think that Bills defense when it mattered most. Stepped up big time, and the offense did everything in their power to say, "No, no, no! We really, we really do not want to win. We are really not supposed to do that." Yeah, the Bills are like, "We really are not wanting to win this game right now." Yeah, so, we're we're not supposed we're not supposed to keep possession. We're not we're not supposed, supposed to keep to... possession of that either. <laughs> we are really not supposed to win this game. Yeah, so... <laughs> because the Chiefs have to just dominate everything, apparently. Yeah, I mean, look... That's all this does. It opens the door wider for the, the And Chiefs. now the Dolphins are winning the division. Yeah, the how Bills about are that? are a wild card team. How about that? So, I mean, look, and the one play we didn't even talk about, that Justin Jefferson catch. Climbs mm. the ladder, one-handed, mm. incredible catch. But, but that defender, I forget who he was carding, I think it was 39. Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But... The play was there to be had where he could knock that away. Couldn't do so, but, I mean, I'm not trying to discredit Justin Jefferson. That was incredible to go up there and climb the ladder and get that and reel it in. I mean, incredible hand strength. Uh, the ability to just catch that ball and snatch it right out of the air. I mean, just Diggs had a nice catch, too. Davis got credited with a nice catch, but it, it would not have stood if they reviewed it. Um, which, by the way, I mean, there were a few plays in this game that should have been reviewed that just— and it was inside the two-minute where there's no coach's challenge. It has to come from the booth. And I don't know why the NFL didn't buzz in a couple times there. But what a crazy— Booth fell asleep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like me. I was in the dining hall watching with my uh, my friends and stuff. 
And I w- I started doing homework uh, like as the first quarters of these games ended. I just kept working straight through to like four something. And I just, you know, forgot about football because I checked the scores a few times and I said, oh, 24-10. All right, that game's over. You know, sorry, Vikings. Maybe they aren't for real. And then this all happened and I was like, That's oh, so my for real. goodness. You don't think they're for real after this? Look, they're a good they're team. They're a one-loss team. They just beat the Bills. Look, one, 1 p.m. Vikings, one of the best teams. <laughs> you put this team back on primetime and they will crumble, uh, you know, faster than... I don't even know what. Oh, like they, I thought of a dark analogy. Yeah, it's just like, look, this team—they're good. When's they, their next primetime game? They're not gonna—they're not gonna start in the postseason. I don't. I don't think this team goes deep. When's their next? Do you really think Kirk Cousins is gonna be able to lead this team deep in the playoffs? Uh, is Kirk Cousins throwing to Justin Jefferson? Yeah, but you saw what happened when the Eagles shut down Jefferson. I mean, yeah. who else is scared of this offense? Now they got Hawkinson, though. They yeah. have another weapon. Yeah. They went out and they got someone that can catch footballs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dalvin Cook is a monster. Yes, and I love Dalvin Cook. You know, he's one of my favorite players. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Look, they're a good team. They really are. They're 8-1 for a reason, but... I think they're a good team. I just think the Eagles are a better team. I agree. I think San Francisco on a good day is better than them. Than the Vikings? Yeah. Oh, I think they're right. I think San Fran and Minnesota are the two second and third best teams in the I think NFC. depending on the first round matchup, the Vikings could lose. Uh, to who would? Like, if the matchup is right. Cowboys. Yeah, I think the Cowboys could beat them. Seahawks. No. Okay. Uh, Buccaneers. Yeah. Cardinals. No, <laughs> stop that! Stop this! I tried. Stop this much. I tried. Well, um, with Mitch's, Giants, how about the Giants? They could competitive. I don't know if they'd win, but they'd be close. Okay, that's all I'm looking for with the Giants every week. I mean, they're seven and two, but you know the way they win games is not the clean. <laughs> it is uh, cleanliness quite of football. Quite ugly. Yeah, yeah it you is. See, uh, Tony got in the end zone. Yeah, take notes. Hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have a message from the KU Notebook Attention KU students. Have you heard about KU Bears grant funding? Nope. The purpose of the KU Bears program is to support faculty and student research pairs over the summer. The goals are for undergraduate students to develop the necessary skill set to become student researchers and to provide faculty members with paid student research assistance. Undergraduate students selected for the program will receive summer pay for research tasks assigned by a faculty supervisor. By assisting faculty members in their research, students selected for the program will obtain the knowledge and skills necessary for conducting advanced research in their field. To apply and learn more about KU Bears grant funding, please visit www.kutztown.edu slash UGRC and look under grants and sponsored projects. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Well, Mitch, I hope you got more educated about KU Bears grant funding I, from I that message. I am now more knowledgeable, yeah. From that Thank message. you. That's why we have those. You're welcome. With I'm part of the KU said, community, you know? You are. You Got are, my attention. You are a part of the KU community, as am I. And, uh, you know, now we're more knowledgeable about the KU Bears. Exactly. And uh, you got to take a victory lap, Jack. I Because um, you're a believer in the Dolphins, and they won big. And with the help of the Vikings, they're now in control of the division. Tell me about it. How good does it feel? I mean, look, when you're right, you're right. Yeah. Yep. So that's just how I feel. It was a big win. Tua Tagovailoa continues to be incredible. 285, three touchdowns. It was a good win. 25 to 32. 285, three touchdowns. Yeah, 285 and three touchdowns. <laughs> 25 to 32 passing, in a very efficient. The Jeff Wilson acquisition is paying massive dividends. That's 17 a nice for one. a buck 19 and a touchdown. Most are deficient as well, eight for 65 and a touchdown. They now have a two headed monster in the backfield that they can go to uh, whenever they want. 
uh, really, you know, diversifies this offense, especially with adding a solid rushing attack. I mean, look, look at how well it's doing. You don't, you Tyreek Hill went for 44 yards in a touchdown, and Jalen Waddle went for 66. They went for a combined 100 on the, no. 110. 110, thank you. We can do math on this show. Yeah, 110 on the dot. I knew something didn't sound right when I said 100. Yeah. Um, but those two guys don't even have monster days, and they win comfortably. They cruise, cruise to victory. Cruise down a back. No? You weren't going for Florida Georgia line? I was not. Okay. Sorry. 39-17 win, though, for Miami. They are 7-3. They lead the AFC East for the first time in ages. I can't remember the last time the Dolphins won this division. I have no recollection of it. Have they won it in our lives? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, the Pats have run this division. Patriots have owned the division like Aaron Rodgers owns Soldier Field. And Dallas. And Dallas. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Um, the Bills recently, uh, I can't think of a, not in my football watching career have I watched the Dolphins win the division. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> Let's open it up. Let's find it. Oh. While he's searching for that, I will say I may have been wrong about the Dolphins. A new contender in the AFC has emerged to show, uh, to show battle with the Bills the Chiefs, and really that's about it so far in the division, uh, in the conference. I'm not putting the Titans there. I'm not putting the um, Chargers there at all. Uh, you know, it's it's a pretty thin uh, conference, but it's good to see that we have some more competition down there in Miami. 2008. 2008. Long time the, ago. And the Miami Dolphins are the 2008 AFC East champions. Look at his seat on the field. Chad Pennington? Look at his seat in the stands. Is that Chad Pennington or Chad Henney? What do you mean? The quarterback of that team. I want to know. Oh. I don't. Probably one of those two guys. Some Chad. I don't know. Uh, Anyway. Anyway. With that being said, the Dolphins are legit this year. Thank you, Mitch, for admitting my take was right. No problem. It was a good take. Thank you. It was a good take. Thank you. Tua 7-0 when he plays the full game (laughs) and doesn't get hurt. Um. Yeah. I mean, Dolphins, man, they're for real. They're legit. Don't sleep. The sleeping needs to stop because this is a team that can make noise. They can. Jack, I'm for real. I'm for real. I'm for real. So you better check yourself. (laughs) (laughs) One of the, probably their best skit. Oh, 100%. That is a classic. Absolutely. 100%. What would you go second place? Ooh. Ooh. Have you seen the fantasy football one? Uh, how does it go? How does it go? Um, so it's the two teams, and then there's a flag after a touchdown. Is that them with the refs? Yeah. That's them? Yes, that's I them. I was talking about that on the show earlier this year. Yeah, that's them. That's I didn't know that's Key Peel. Yes. No way. That makes so much sense why it was so good. Yes. I also love, the second one I saw was uh, Pizza Order. That's a great one. Ah, I'll check it out. We would like a large pie. Pepperoni, pineapple, and cheesy crust. <laughs> and then I also love telemarketer. That's a fantastic one. Oh, man. Keen Peel. And text message confusion. No, te- that's the one I was thinking. Text message confusion. Uh, I'll show you that on break. That one's funny. Sounds good. Well, we have two minutes till that There break. ain't going to be no rounds. <laughs> it's going to be a street fight. Well, in the meantime, <laughs> we do have to get back to our NFL discussion here. <laughs> Rolling all along, the Giants take down the Texans. We'll be brief for this one. Giants Gross. seven and two. This is stupid. Mitch's favorite quarterback, Davis Mills, three nineteen, one touchdown, one pick. 
Damian Pierce goes for nearly 100 again as he continues his breakout rookie year. Uh, He's a very good running back. Their leading receiver, Jordan Akins, was a tight end, 3 for 72. Also had Chris Moore go for 3 for 70. So a couple of big plays through the air there for Houston for multiple guys. Not enough, though. Giants win 24-16. Saquon finds the end zone on a buck 52 rushing. Darius Slayton, a big play touchdown. Always. And uh, the Giants continue to have problems at wide receiver because they are plugging and playing guys every week. Kenny Galladay cannot catch a football. Get him off the field now. Buy him out. I don't care how much it costs. That guy is terrible. Terrible. Can you tell I hate Kenny Galladay? He's the Jerese Familia of football. He's the Jalen Rager of the Giants. Oh, goodness, that name. Oh, stop it. He might be worse. I don't think so. At least Jalen Rager could do something. Kenny Galladay had at least a few good years. At least Jalen Rager wasn't a culture problem. Mm, That's debatable. He was... He was. He was bad, but he never really was outspoken. Jalen Rager. He was never was demand was he demanding for playing time? Jalen Rager was pretty bad. Oh, I know. Oh, I know he is. He was awful. Yeah, no, it's a bad situation too for Galladay, though. That guy's terrible. Wait, where was the guy who played for the Lions? Where? I have no I it's that guy vanished. Me. He's gone. It's so confusing. It's so con where did he go? He's gone. I, I'm convinced that that version of Kenny Galladay will never be found again. Wow. Just label it gone. I don't Kenny, know how. Like, Kenny Galladay, he a was, lost cause. He was a top 10 receiver. He was dominant in Detroit. This dude was talking about, like, one of the better receivers in the league. Yeah. Gone. Gone. Any sort of ability that he has from that self is gone. Kenny Galladay, a lost cause. That is that. We will have to go to break. When we come back, we will wrap up our discussion of the Giants and Texans with any little tidbits we got left and further going into our NFL discussion right here on Heavy Hitters. Don't go anywhere. Plenty more coming your way next on the flip side of this break. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR Kutztown. Jack Hyme, Mitchell Smedley. We are coming right back into our NFL discussion here, wasting no time. Always being on time. Absolutely. Giants beat the Texans 24-16. We talked about Kenny Galladay being a ghost of his former self. Uh, and... Saquon continues to tear it up. He said, in quote, I want to be a giant for life. Those are curse words for me. I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. That means he's more than likely gone. And, uh, yeah. So, Mitchell. There's a cord situation. Is trying to find his cord. Next game. And and it is time for our next game. We will move on to that uh, while he gets his situation figured out over there. Lions-Bears. 31-30. This one was a underrated game of the week. Uh... Cairo Santos started a couple field goals, started off 3-3 after 1, but then the offense really picked up from there. Uh, 24-10 Bears after 3. Cole Komet with a couple of touchdowns. Look at that paying off. Uh, but then <laughs> it, He didn't get that because he just traded for him mid-game. Well, uh, then that guy who had Cole Komet had a fine last week of him. He uh, He's probably over the moon right now. Yeah, so. <laughs> Not only did he get Cole Komet, he was probably on his bench, honestly, but uh, got Najee Harris. Well, then DeAndre Swift cashes in. Jeff Akuda with a pick six. Fields responds with a big touchdown run of his own. And then Jamal Williams, a winning touchdown in the final two and a half minutes of the game. Lions would hold on to win it. They are three and six. They have a win streak. They've won two in a row. Can wow. you believe it? Can you believe it, ladies the and gentlemen? The Detroit Lions are steamrolling toward the playoffs. They're hot. Oh. But they're running into a buzzsaw. They're going to play the Giants. They're the week. team nobody wants to play. Well, that win streak's more than likely, I think, at the end next week. At the what Giants. What are you talking about, dude? The Giants could be 8-2? 8-2 no. New York football Giants? Can't happen. Crazy world. Not allowed. Well, you said they couldn't be 7-1. They are. They were. 
second place. Eight and two. Eight and two, baby. Come on now. Uh, Come on now. Aren't they still a one-loss team? No, seven and two. Oh, you said seven and one. And then... Well, we were seven and one, then we lost. Yeah, okay, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the Seahawks. To the Seahawks. Yeah, okay. No, 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 no six and one, sorry. This is our seventh win. Oh. Bye weeks are so confusing. Right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Moving on to uh, the, well, not not moving on, but uh, just my take. This was one of those classic, like, actually good games between two bad teams where they're equally bad. So it actually turns out to be a good game. Yeah. They're equally matched. bad turns yeah. into equally good. Right. Um, glass half full. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, good on the uh, good on the Lions for getting that win there. Uh, Williams is a good running back uh, behind Swift. And, um, man, the Bears are bad. <laughs> yeah, they're bad. a very bad football team. They're the bad. Bears are terrible. Justin Fields is taking strides, though. He's getting better. I'm a Justin Fields denier. Which is good. I'm not a. I'm in the middle. I don't I, really. I don't love Justin Fields. I don't hate Justin Fields. I'm kind of mad. I think he's getting better though. He has. You have to admit over the last couple weeks, he's taking steps. Um, Justin Fields is a lot like the flat Earth. I deny it, and it's pretty popular in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> well, with, with that being said, <laughs> we're gonna go down to Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> That one got you, didn't it, Jeff? Seven, seventeen, ten. The Titans find a way to win. They're six and three. Let's ride. Who do they beat? Oh, the Broncos. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's right ride. out of Music City with another L. Two eighty-six. One touchdown. One pick. Nathaniel Hackett, garbage. Continues to be a horrific head coach. He's a very bad coach. The player. AFC West coaching hires continue to age very poorly. What uh, are you this talking? Year. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Andy Reid. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Outside of Andy Reid. Yes, I was going to say. The other three coaches in my mind are not good. No. I don't even think I the Chargers think coach so. is good. Nope. Nope. And especially the two guys in Denver, no, in, in Vegas. Sorry, not Oakland. Vegas. Yeah. Especially those two bums. Bums? Whoa. What were you about to say, sir? I was going to say that, but then I hesitated, and then I just said it anyway. Yeah, and you know what? I was going to refrain you know from what? name calling, but. You're just. Like Justin Fields, because the second you hesitate, that defense is going to be on you. This is the nat. This is the big leagues, buddy. Can't hesitate. That dead arrow will come back to haunt you. And then we're out of field goal range. Yeah. So Denver could not run it for the life of them. Twenty-five carries, sixty-five yards, two point six a carry. Padlock stat right there. When you can't run the football, uh, it's not good. It's not good. Well, wow. You yeah. Know what? That, Speaking that usually of, tends to happen. You know what? Coincidental enough, we were talking about the Raiders and their bad head coach. Uh, Raiders owner Mark Davis says uh, Josh Allen is doing, and quote, a fantastic... Oh, Josh Allen. Did they say Josh Allen? <laughs> Josh <laughs> McDaniels, sorry. Josh McDaniels is doing, and quote, a fantastic job. Well, Josh despite- Allen is too. Yeah, he is, but despite two and seven season. Oh. I mean, See, if that's where... This is why this man doesn't talk in Philly. See, if that's where the bar is, then I guess it's good. Right. But... I doubt the bar was a two and seven coming off of a wild card trip where you push the Bengals. I don't think so. I really don't think that was the goal. We'll get Especially to the Raiders in a minute. Devontae Adams. We'll get to the Raiders in a minute. Last thoughts on the Titans and the Broncos. The Titans continue to be the team that's good, but no one talks about them. Yeah. Because they're like, like you know, they're not going to go anywhere. Like you know, Ryan Tannehill is not going to push this team anywhere far in the playoffs. Like nineteen to thirty six, two fifty five, two touchdowns. Like he's good, but he's not incredibly efficient by any means. He does enough, though. Derrick Henry kind of got shut down, 19 for 53. Uh, Nick Westbrook-Akine, <laughs> 5 for 119, two touchdowns. Look at that. Woo! Have a day, Nick. Have a day, Nick. Go get him, pal. Wow. Go get him, slugger. He does the heavy lifting, and the Titans come out of there with a win. 
yeah, they're 6-3. and three. They're also front-running a bad division as well. Headlining, I should say, a bad division. The South is uh, really reflecting each other in each conference. Same with the East. Yeah. Good conference in the East, terrible conference in the South. Is this indicative of uh, American um, culture? <laughs> Are things flocking from the South to the East? Should we be investigating this phenomenon? Well, maybe we should, but uh, you know what we won't investigate? How will, this, how will this affect the Electoral College? Well, you know what You know what we won't be investigating? The Raiders-Broncos matchup in Ooh. Denver next week. Ooh, that's going to be rough. Snooze fest. Someone's uh, getting a win, though. Yeah, one of these horrific Unless they tie. Teams. Yeah, unless they tie. Broncos country. Let's tie. Yeah, that's honestly probably the goal at this point. Yeah, well, I was going to say. Well, you know what's the goal of uh, the Colts' new interim head coach hire, Jeff Saturday? Let's tie! <laughs> well, <laughs> with that being Jack said. doesn't get mad at that. Well, with that being said, we got to move on. Yeah. Colts, Raiders. We talked about the Raiders a little bit, and we'll get to them a little bit more. But the Colts, I mean, there was a lot of news around their interim head coach. Jeff Saturday was brought in. Uh, Bill Cowher uh, went off on the hire and said, it is not fair to the assistants and the staff that were here from training camp to now that they didn't get a shot, and they bring in a guy with no coaching experience. And look, I agree with him. Yeah. I agree. I mean, that is not – look, you have guys who've been coaching for quite some time, guys on the staff, guys who earned their way to the assistant coach's role, and, you know, being a coordinator or being an analyst, uh, you know, stuff like that, and they get passed up for Jeff Saturday. It's ridiculous. Uh, it is. It is ridiculous, but you know what? I don't think it's going to be ridiculous if the results keep coming because they're one and zero now. Grand, Undefeated head coach uh, Jeff Saturday. Yeah, uh, you know, granted it was against a hapless Raiders team, but uh, yeah, look, it is a win. At the end of the day, the results matter in in this league, and they are one and zero under Jeff Saturday. Twenty five twenty. Matt Ryan gets back a quarterback. Twenty one to twenty eight. Two twenty two. One touchdown. I think the biggest talent of the day. Look at Matt Ryan running the football. <laughs> Thirty nine yards. Wow. Look at the 37-year-old go. Look at that. Look at that old locomotive get going. You know, you saw him start, and it's like, whoa, this thing is slow. But once that engine got going, he kind of turned on the afterburners a little bit. Just got to use the uh, laws of physics. The body in motion or stays in motion. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, can't bring him down, buddy. Yeah, I mean, he's just too good. Derrick Henry? Matt Ryan has become Derrick Henry has become Matt Ryan at quarterback. I mean, yeah. look, he's running through everybody. No, I'm just kidding. He's crazy. He goes for four for thirty eight and a rushing touchdown. Wow! Look at those wheels. Oh wow! Is thirty seven year old Matt Ryan becoming Josh Allen? Has Matt Ryan turned the? Has Matt Ryan turned back the clocks? Has he taken a sip of the fountain of Tom Brady's youth? I wouldn't really say Tom Brady's lighting it up this year. So no, but he's. I mean, he's played till he's forty five, winning Super Bowls. Yeah. I'd say Brady's The age is pretty, showing a little uh, bit. I think Brady's pretty incredible for his age. He is, but the age is starting to show a little bit. Yeah. Well. Jonathan Taylor gets back to business, though. 22 for 147 and a touchdown. Of course, the one week I play him. Right. Thanks, Jonathan. Of course. You uh, couldn't have picked next week? I didn't trade for him. I had the option of trading DK for him. It's okay. Yeah. We live, we live and we learn. Mitchell. I wonder if I could still put that out there. Paris Campbell. Gets in the end zone. He continues to kind of steal the spotlight from Michael Pittman. He's good. Yeah, he is. He is good. The Ohio State product. France over there. Yeah. This is Paris. Paris. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb jokes. I get it. Well, it's okay. Four, five, and one for the Colts. They win. Uh, not much to talk about more on that side. Matt Ryan back at the helm. He looked decent. Jeff Saturday gets his first coaching win back for the Raiders. I mean, look, Mitch, I don't know if you saw this video with the Derek Carr postgame presser. 
uh, you know, got a little emotional. Yeah, I heard about this. Yeah, and uh, look, I mean, it is it is kind of sad. I mean, for you know this team that they were good last year and now it's all falling apart. I mean, look, I don't buy that everyone in this offense all of a sudden just got bad. I don't. No. I really don't. You brought in. I mean, look, Adams, come on. And I know we clown Russell Wilson at times, tying this back to the Broncos a little bit. We clown Russell Wilson because he made those funny videos, and when you're not good, those videos come back to, you know, haunt you a little bit. Yeah, that's what's in. Do you think Russ is playing hurt, by the way? I think so. I think so, too. Because I don't think Russ has gone from good to bad in just one year. No, it doesn't happen like that. Same with Derek Carr in this offense. So, uh, yeah, man, it's tough. It's a tough story. I think Josh Manos has got to go. Get him out the door, man. Has to. I, I 100% agree. You have to get a, st- a stable coach that can lead this team. This guy, is sh- some guys are just not fit to be head coaches in this league. Some guys are not meant for the job. There's guys that are cut out for the job. There's guys that are not. Well, that's Josh why McDaniel- there's only 32 of them. Exactly. Josh McDaniel's got to try with Denver you know, a, little, a little ways back. Did not work out. Goes back to New England. Becomes a coordinator again. Was rumored for the Colts job a couple years ago. Didn't take it. Now he gets another chance, and he's still that bad. I mean, th- some things, some people can change, some people can't as a head coach. Josh McDaniels says, you're not seeing the second time around. It's still horrific. This guy is not cut out to be an NFL head coach. He's an NFL head coach. He's not. And when is the team going to learn that the uh, little saplings from the, the Belichick coaching tree do not work elsewhere? No, they don't. It doesn't work out. Joe Judge, failed. Matt Patricia, failed. Josh McDaniels, failed. twice has failed. Yeah. Not failed, once, but twice. Again. Yeah. It's it's terrible. The league you would think learns by now that Belichick has something that he gets everything out of those people and puts them in a specific spot. And notice how none of that is head coach because that's Belichick's job and he is the greatest. Yeah, absolutely. Nailed it right in the head, Mitch. Uh, the Belichick coaching tree does not pan out elsewhere. That experiment has been done before. I think teams should refrain from doing it again. But uh, that's just my take on it. We are going to KC 27-17. The Chiefs win. You mentioned Kadarius Tony gets in the end zone. Patrick Mahomes, 331, four touchdowns. What do you expect? Yeah. Pacheco takes the reins of this backfield, 16 for 82. He looked, looked pretty decent. Uh, Kadarius Tony got a couple of rushes. He got in the end zone on a receiving play. He's going to be the kind of gadget guy for this offense. I'm not saying he's going to be Tyreek Hill, but he he's going to be the Tyreek Hill. But buddy. he's like the Tyreek Hill role for this offense. So. Galloping. It, but he's a way worse character guy than Tyreek Hill. So. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Culture problem. Nah, Andy yes. Reid will snuff that out. Yeah, no, he's a culture problem. No, trust me. he'll be fine. From his t- he caused some problems when he was in college in Florida. Caused some problems with the Giants. Um, look, this guy is a uh, got to grow up, got to mature, Canarius. He will be fine. So uh, otherwise, you're going to get yourself more than likely out of the league sooner rather than later. I think when you go into a culture like that in the Chiefs that have won and continue to win, and you got Mahomes leading that. Face of the league, uh, Andy Reid, face of coaching in the league. I mean, it's hard to just have one guy go in there and screw everything up. I definitely don't think the character issue will be a problem at all for the Chiefs. Maybe the Giants because they lose so much and it bubbles over. But in a winning culture like the Chiefs where it's already established that, hey, we can do this without you. Like, we're fine. We don't even need you. I mean, the Giants are saying we can do this without them this year. They're saying that now, yeah. Um, Results don't lie, my friend. Yeah. That results. was the Giants in the past. Dable is a new era. We'll see. It'll all fall So apart. far. Didn't the Mets have like 101 wins or something? That was a lot. Well. There's a lot of regular season winning. Yeah. Well. It is a lot of postseason winning for Philly until it mattered most. So. Well, still got to the World Series. Eh, that means really I nothing. I did better than you, Eugene. Well. <laughs> again, don't really matter unless you win the whole thing. But that's just Almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Exactly. Ed As the Zachary. Zachary. As the saying goes. Yes. But uh, 
one more game before we go to break, and we'll wrap sure. up our final two on the flip side. Uh, well, actually, we could probably fly through these. Let's but, fly uh, through them. We already talked about Sunday Night Football. We did. We did. Uh, Cardinals, Rams. Cardinals win. Oh, Cole yeah. Cole McCoy. Cole McCoy. Oh, Better yeah. than Kyler Murray. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, 238, one touchdown, 26-37 passing. Very efficient. Doesn't turn the ball over. James Conner gets to the end zone twice. Unfortunately, Zach Ertz gets carted off. How about that? Out yeah. for multiple weeks. That sucks. Um, that's always unfortunate. Again, we mentioned injuries are never, never, you know, not a thing you cheer for. Not a thing that's, you know, you say, well, a guy gets injured. You know, that's a good thing. No, obviously, you don't say that unless that there's something wrong with you. But, um, yeah, look, Ertz is hurt. That's a tough loss. I uh, hope he gets better soon. D-Hop, 10 for 98. AJ Green climbed the ladder for that nice touchdown grab. Cardinals win. Uh, Rams. AJ continue. Green is still kicking it. He is. How about that? Rams continue to be the league's most disappointing team. It's incredible how far they fell. Yep. There's Super Bowl hangover, and then there's uh, what the Rams are doing. Yeah, it's it's something else. So there's other factors. Super in that Bowl too. self-destruct. Yeah. You have three seconds until spontaneous combustion. I wonder who has the Rams pick this year because it's not them. Oh no, definitely not. They traded them all away. Yeah, that's so. a good question. I know the Eagles. Uh, you know, after winning the Super Bowl, we'll have the fourth overall pick if the season ended right now. I hate that. How about that? I don't like that. That's awesome. I don't like that. Thank you for not trading it for Camara. Well, the Cardinals um, play San Fran next week. And then the Chargers. <laughs> okay, they can win that one. And then the Patriots. Ooh. And then the Broncos. That's a win. Okay, that's a win. But it's in Denver. You never know. Right. Yeah. Buccaneers at Atlanta. Win. And uh, San Fran again. You never Tough know. schedule. You never know the uh, the, path the Patriots to, game. Look, the yeah. path to more than seven wins is really tough to draw up for me. For you, because you're a hater. I, look, call me a hater all you want. I think they lose both to San Fran. They drop the game to the Chargers. That San Fran game might not mean anything for San Fran. Depends. Right now it does. They're only five and four. I know. But the way seating works out, they might not be able to move up or down. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? That's one of those things that's so hard to forecast. The so. way the Cardinals have played, are you really sold? That anything outside of no, Denver is a win. Thank no. you. Thank well, you. Falcons. Eh. Sorry, Chris. It's in Atlanta. I don't care. You never know. I don't care. And the pa- uh, not the Patriots. Well, the Patriots aren't this star-studded team either. No, they're and not. The Bucks aren't that great either. But they're competitive. Right. But the Cardinals are competitive. Their losses have been competitive. They have. So give me a break. It's definitely there. It's. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Path isn't just non-existent though. It's not like they have to go flip a million, you know, would-be blowouts into into scraping by wins. They can win these games. It's just a matter of will they. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Well, uh, final game, Cowboys, Packers, Thriller, and OT. Love it. 31-28, Aaron Rodgers continues to own the Cowboys. How the about Bears. them Cowboys? Along with the Bears. <laughs> so, Rodgers, 224-3 tutties, 14-20 passing. Aaron Jones has a solid day. Mm. They finally continue to use him. Good stuff, Green Bay. You finally know how to use your good players. <laughs> Fantastic job. Hat trick for Christian Watson. Three touchdowns. Uh, certainly, he's receiving some trust from Aaron Rodgers. Stop sign guy had to watch Christian Watson have the game of his life after finally benching him. Wow, that's tough. Yep. Poor stop sign guy. Yeah. My heart goes out to him. Yep. So, uh, it's such he's such a nice dude. I don't know why football does him so badly. With that being said, we have to look at the Cowboys side of things though, before our break. I Dak, three touchdowns, two picks. Tony Pollard continues to flourish in the he spotlight. He was good. 115, one touchdown. He is, I think, surpassed Zeke. Oh, he surpassed Zeke a year and a half ago. So, I mean, Tony. Tony's the lead back now. C.D. Lamb has a big game, 152 touchdowns. Dalton Schultz gets in the end zone. Dallas is a good team, but 
Aaron Rodgers has their number. So uh, not that good. They're not that good. They're, they're six and three. They're mm. good. I'm not saying they're great. Yeah, but they're going to be a playoff team, and it's all. They'll be a on. playoff team. Yep. Probably lose in the first round. Hundred percent. Because that's what they do. Yeah, it's what they. They're, they're the Dallas Cowboys. They don't exactly. win playoff games. How about so. them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? <laughs> How about them Cowboys? We got to take a break, but on the other side, previewing some Monday Night Football, right? And then we got a uh, college football to talk. Yeah. About, so yes, but one more point. Oh, sorry. The break. Jumping I, the gun. Yeah. One more thing about the Sunday Night Football. We talked about the game a lot, but uh, man, Jimmy G is, I think, one of the biggest passengers ever. What are you talking? He's a good quarterback. He's ten and two in games where he doesn't throw a touchdown. <laughs> I didn't hear that stat. Ten and two in games where he doesn't throw a touchdown. That means he contributes nothing. And he got McCaffrey. And he's so a it's winner. To get better. And he's a winner. Yep. Okay. An emphatic winner. Okay. When he does nothing. All right. I wish I could be like this. twelve games where you don't throw a touchdown. You win ten of them. That's crazy. Talk about the talk about the team putting you on there. He's a game back. manager, buddy. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But that's why do you think I say Jimmy G's a game manager? I'm not call, <laughs> I'm not here slandering Jimmy G saying, "Oh, he's horrible." He's just not as good as everyone thinks he is. He's, he's a good quarterback. He's, he's just, just not he's, great. He's extremely, extremely average. He's a little above average. I think. I think he's like in that fifteen. To They've always rate. had good running backs. He gets them down the field so that the running backs can get in the end zone. That's how I see it. Sorry, I just think he's good. Look, I think he's, he's above efficient. average. Look, he's efficient, but he's... Is he top 12? No. No? I think he's like 15. I put him 12 to 13. I think he's right in that middle range. Mm. I think he's a little bit above average. I don't know. I don't know. It's just... I can't get... I can't hear that stat with him being like, bleh. Zach Wilson or Jimmy G? Oh, Jimmy G, 100%. Yeah, okay. Zach Wilson's like bottom five. No, I know. I'm just start, I'm starting off low. Kyler Murray, Jimmy G. <sighs> Give me Kyler. Oh, wow. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy G. Tight, tight, but give me Kirk. Okay. All right. I'm trying to figure out where you're. Uh, Jared Goff, you take Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, Gino, right now. Right now? Mm, as a whole. Right. Oh, 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 oh. Jimmy as a whole. This year I'm taking Gino. Okay. Uh, uh, Matt Ryan. Not Matt Ryan. Uh, <laughs> Matt Stafford. Different. Completely different. Jimmy guy. G this year. Okay. All right, all right. I'm starting to see where you're putting this guy. Similar uh, place to where I have him, actually. Okay. Yeah, he's in the middle. Right. Derek, Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo? As a whole, Derek, but this mm, year... Wow. I, I would take look, Jimmy. I think Derek Carr's a good quarterback. He's just playing on a bad team. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay. So, well, with that being said, we will go to break. Let me come back previewing Monday Night Football and then wrapping up with college football here. Don't go anywhere. Heavy hitters on the flip side of this break with a lot more football talk coming your way next. And welcome back to Heavy Eaters, everybody, right here on the radio voice of Cutsdown University, KUR Cutsdown, Jack Heim and Mitchell Smedley, coming your way for one final segment, I should say, about the final 15 minutes or so. Getting back into wrapping up our NFL discussion, you know, we mentioned that Jimmy G thing right before the break, how he was now 19-28, 240 through the air. We had the discussion about how he's, you know, kind of in that middle tier of quarterbacks. You know, he's not great, but he's not horrible either. He's just meh. And, you know, that's what I said. He's meh. Right in the middle. Not not anything to write home about, but uh, welcome back, Mr. Smedley. It's wow. Okay. That was a quick break. That was a quick break. I am surprised. So, uh, like, I did not anticipate. Like, you, I even got up early. You saw that. Yeah, you raced right out of here. Yeah. But, uh, I was busting it. You know, Looking I was like Matt Ryan getting out of the studio. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I was, oh, I goodness. was walking down the fort while I was waiting no, for you. I heard back. you. And I was like, what? That's not the news. Yeah, no, that is not the news. That is me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, we were just—I was 
talking about Jimmy G, wrapping it up, yeah. and then getting yeah. ready for Monday Night Football. We will preview that real quick. Yes, Eagles, I got this point, one. Eagles 11-point favorites, 8-0, 4-5 commanders. Mitch, uh, I'm just going to give my quick thoughts on this and let you oh, yeah. take the reins for oh, a couple yeah. of minutes here. Oh, I'm revving up over here, ladies um, and gentlemen. Heineke's in. Wentz is still out. He doesn't get a return back to Philly for the commanders, Bummer. I should say. But uh, Eagles favored by a lot. They win by a lot is my, my thought. Eagles by a wide margin. Philadelphia Eagles are about to go to 9-0 and zero on the season. It's going to be an impressive, astounding victory. 34-13 to 13 is what I told one of my classmates this morning. I'm sticking with that number. 34-13, to 13, Philadelphia trounces the Washington Commies. It's going to be a bloodbath in Philly on primetime. We saw what the primetime Eagles did to the Vikings and uh, apparently primetime Vikings is comparable to uh, Washington Commanders. So this yeah. is going to be a disaster. Uh, Miles Sanders is going to be running all over the place. Uh, A.J. Brown, skinny Batman, uh, Dallas Goddard. It's going to be a party it's at the link. Dallas? No, Devontae. Oh, Devon- oh, skinny Batman? Yeah. Oh, no way. He will score a touchdown tonight. Happy birthday. Yeah, he's getting a birthday touchdown. I believe. Let me look it up. Oh, absolutely. That's what I heard. I don't doubt it. Uh, what does that make him? A uh, it is November fourteenth. That is his birthday. Is that a Scorpio? Twenty four. Yes, I believe it is. I think so. So uh, yeah, I'm not the most uh, up to date with those the astrological I used to signs. Know. So. Used to know. I think it's Scorpio. We'll I believe Scor- so. Lock it in. Show me Scorpio. Bing. Scorpio <laughs> to the end zone. Yeah, Family Feud. Yeah, exactly. Top three answers on the board. <laughs> no, um, it's never top three, Jack. Come top on. six. You whatever. know, enough Family Feud. The minimum is four. Well, six. I'll go with six. Top six answers on the board. <laughs> Name something we should talk about next. College football. Show me college football. Bing. Number Let's one go. answer. We're going. That. I love that transition. One hundred points. We're gonna clip that. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we got a lot to talk about college football. We are nearing the end of the season. Week 11. Conference championship games have been settled in some conferences already, while some other races are unknown, uh, with some other teams clinching uh, their their berths to the major Power 5 conference championship games. With the SEC, we're going to start there. LSU will meet Georgia in a couple of weeks in Atlanta for the SEC championship game. It feels like Georgia's been there for like the last 10 years in a row. Where in reality it's probably been like five or six, but Kirby Smart's done a great job there. But that's not the storyline to talk about. Someone not named Alabama will be representing the SEC West in Atlanta this year. How about it, Brian Kelly? Uh, despite my disliking of him, has done an incredible job in his first year down in the Bayou. Uh, and Jaden Daniels and company will be rolling into Atlanta in a couple weeks. It has been clinched. It has been confirmed. Uh, but they still have business to take care of to keep their playoff hopes alive. By the way, ESPN put out their college football playoff percentages. Alabama, despite not being in the SEC championship game and having two losses, has a 15%, 15% chance to make it. Wow. Zero sense. That's weird. How does it make any sense? That's so weird. I mean, come on. Come get on, lit. man. You know, get, get, uh. Should be a nice hot cooking zero. Get, get with it. Get with it, ESPN. They, it's just Alabama. Get man. off the Bama train, man. Yeah, this exactly. Year. It's like, come on. Get speaking, off the wave, man. Speaking of trains, uh, the Lane train, Lane Kiffin took on Alabama. Uh, it was a 30-24 to 24 win for the Tide in Oxford, Mississippi. And the rumor mill is already beginning about Lane Kiffin, but we will get to that in just a minute. A uh, recap about this game. Bama's rush defense does enough to get them the W. Uh, looking at the stats, they held a very potent rushing attack to only... 191 yards. I mean, look, it was a good game for the Bama rush defense. 3.9 a carry for this Rebs offense. 
You know, if you told me that, I'd say Bama would win by probably more than double digits. They went upwards near, you know, 14, 15 point range. But, you know, Ole Miss hangs around. They win by six down to the wire, but Bama gets a win on the road. They are eight and two. Saban was ecstatic after the game. Kiffin, not so much, was asked about, you know, how do you feel about your rushing attack and its impressive day? He's like, look, you know, I'm going to paraphrase here because I can't say exactly what he said, but, uh, you know, I don't give a hoot. Uh, you know, our goal was to come in here and beat Alabama. We didn't do that, and so you know I'm you know I'm upset. Uh, but they're they're eight and two. They have now officially out of the SEC West race. So uh, you know they are still trying to take care of business and have a ten win year. Would be an impressive year for Lane Kevin and Ole Miss. So uh, yep, you know they still have that to look forward to. But before we get back to our college football discussion, a message from the KU Ornopa Attention KU community. The Kutztown Folk Music Society's 2022-2023 season continues on Friday night, January 13th, with a performance by Ken Garrett and Henry Koretsky. These two longtime performers will bring out the strings in different musical styles. The performance takes place at St. Paul's UCC, which is located at 47 South White Oak Street in Kutztown. Doors open at 6 p.m. and the performance begins at 7.30 p.m. The parking and the entrance to the church are at the rear in the alley. Admission for adults is a $9 donation, while children 12 and under can attend for free. Food and drink will not be served. For more information, you can contact Keith Brinsonhoff at 484 486-9639 or St. Paul's UCC at 610-683-3393. We hope to see you there. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Cousin University. KUR heavy hitters coming back at you for the final about eight or so minutes of today's show. Goes quickly. It does go quickly. Uh, but we will be back Wednesday. Not not too much of a wait there. Nah, just 48 quick little hours there. Absolutely. An Eagles game, some MLB trades hopefully to talk about. MLB, and free uh, agent signings. Deals, yeah, that's what I meant to say. I don't know why I said trades. And trades too. Yeah, Tampa. Look at you. Um, yeah, all kinds of stuff we'll be able to, to discuss. And then, uh, of course, the next week of football in both leagues. Absolutely. Well, final thoughts on Bama Ole Miss. Uh, you know, the postgame pressers, Bama's rush defense looks good. Uh, and they, you know, they hang on to win. Good win in the SEC West between two of the top 15 teams in the country. Sticking in the SEC, Vandy. They stunned Kentucky. They're better than Texas A&M. We'll get to Texas A&M in a minute. Uh, fourth win of the year for Clark Leah and the Commodores. Uh, wow. Did not see that one coming. Great win for Vandy. Uh, you know, unfortunately, time permits. I want to, you know, a couple other important things I'm going to get to, so I'm not going to take a deep dive in that. Uh, Texas. We do have to go to Texas. Uh, because the TCU train is rolling through Austin. They take down the Longhorns 17-10. to 10. I mean, look, at the beginning of the year, the expectations for TCU were nowhere near what they're at right yeah. now. 10-0. I mentioned Max Duggan every week. I'm not going to do it again uh, in terms of you know his stat line and how good he's been. But, man, TCU, I mean, Sonny Dykes, what he's been able to do in his first year in Fort Worth has been marvelous. I mean, you cannot give enough credit to that guy for what he's been able to do with this team. You know, it's not like they're running out there with this, you know, uber-talented roster and they're saying, yeah, we're better than you and we're going to go out there and, you know, improve it. They were the second most talented team on that football field on Saturday night in Austin, Texas. Because roster, you know, talent-wise and roster-wise, the Longhorns are better. It's just, an, it's the objective truth. They, they are the more talented roster, but uh, despite being the second most talented team, they were the best team. On uh, on Saturday night, they handled that game, seventeen ten. So quick stats for you: Texas one for thirteen on third down. That's Gross. their worst convert. Padlock stat right there: worst conversion rate on third down for the Longhorns in a game since nineteen ninety six. The Olympics were in Atlanta at that time. <laughs> wow, believe it. Uh, 
More, more historic stats. They were held 199 total yards, their lowest since 2015. I mean, TCU's defense. How about it? This rush defense we knew was good. Uh, the pass defense, however, was incredible. I mean, I no one saw this coming. Not at all. If you looked at this game and said, "How many points would TCU have to score to come out there? You know, come out of there with a win as a seven 30. going as a seven point dogs? Yeah, probably 30, 31 would be the uh, you know the starting point. Would, would be the broad starting point. You say, well, they'd have to probably score thirty one. A little more than that would probably be required. No, they score seventeen to get out of there with a win. TCU's defense won them a football game. Something it? that not a lot of people, if anyone, would have said going into the season. It's incredible what Sonny Dykes is able to pull out of this group. Exactly. Especially against a group as talented as Texas. B. John Robinson, one of the best backs in the country. You know, you got you know, you got Whittington, you got Worthy in that wide receiver room. Quinn Ewers, a very talented quarterback. Uh, and Texas fans are worried a little bit about Arch Manning uh, being committed there. And I'm like, why? You can flip it the other way. You can say, oh, he's going to decommit. He's going to decommit. No, you could say he's going to come and he's going to start right away. If you saw what Quinn Ewers did on Saturday night, Arch Manning's probably sitting there and saying, uh, yeah, I could definitely do better than that. I can come in here and compete right away. Mm-hmm. That can be motivating for a guy. He can say, you know what? I'm the quarterback this team's missing. And don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not trying to bash Quinn here. Quinn is a very talented quarterback. But if you're Arch Manning, that's what you're probably sitting there and saying, well, you know what? I got a shot. I got a shot to start right away here. All so, he needs hope. Yeah, all he needs hope. And he can he has the talent. All the talent in the world. He's got the last name to he's got the last name recognition, and he certainly has the talent. So that should be an interesting quarterback battle for next year. But uh TCU, they're 10 0. They have a couple tough games. They got Baylor on the road, probably their toughest, and they host Iowa State. If they can go to Baylor and get a win, they're three point favorites right now. Uh more than likely barring a bonkers upset against Iowa State, they would ensure a undefeated regular season, and they have already clinched their spot in the Big 12 championship game. So they will be playing right in it. Uh, good for them. Congratulations, Rager Country. They have a shot at the college football playoff. Who wow, would have thought? That's ridiculous. Who would have thunk it? Who, they're, who are they playing in the Big 12 championship? Uh, their opponent is not determined yet. Okay. Yeah, All right. Big 12's wide open. Gotcha. It could be anyone. Yeah, I think it's Kansas State right now. It's the second place team. Gotcha. So uh, we'll see if that sticks for the final two weeks. But uh, Big 12 has been an incredible conference all year. It's been so many up and downs, so many competitive teams. The standings are just so stacked together with how even the conference is. But uh, that's what we like to see around here. We're going to the ACC, Mitch, and Clemson will represent the Atlantic Division. This is the last year of divisions in the ACC, and it produces a pretty good matchup. Clemson and UNC will meet in Charlotte. So the Heels and the Tigers. Drake May and this rocking and rolling Heels offense goes to meet DJ Uyunglele, Will Shipley, and the Clemson Tigers. We'll see that in a couple weeks. Clemson rebounds big with a big-time win at home over Louisville. Uh, You know, Cardinals started the year tough. They bounced back. They're now six and four. I mean, considering they were, I think, one and three at one point. Yeah. Uh, they've they responded quite well. Uh, good for them. Washington stuns Oregon out in the Pac-12. Uh, this is a good one if you didn't have your eyes on it. 37-34. Michael Penix Jr. goes for over 400 yards to the air, two TDs. Uh Talapapa on the ground, 70 yards and a touchdown. I really hope I'm saying that name right. Um, that's just my gut check on that name. Uh, McMillan, their leading receiver, Jalen McMillan, uh, one of their leading receivers, I should say anyway, almost 800 yards in the year, goes for a buck 22 in this one. Big time offensive performance. Credit to Michael Penix Jr. Big time win for the Huskies. They're eight and two, uh, and they sit right there with Oregon. How about that? That's crazy. First year coach in Washington. Uh, they're five and two in the conference, so they won't be playing for the championship game. But they stun Oregon, and right now it's USC and Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. So, uh, gotcha. How about that? How about it? Crazy stuff out west. Absolutely. K-State throttles Baylor 31-3. Uh, I think they are the second-place team in the Big 12. They are. They are 5-2. and two. They have a game edge over Oklahoma State. So TCU with a two-game lead over K- – oh, three-game technically because they already beat Kansas State. 
locked up their spot. Right now, second place would be K-State. That's who they would meet in a couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, we will monitor that. Speaking of UNC, they get a thrilling win over uh, Wake 36-34. Uh, late strike from the heels. You know, they get a field goal in terms, you know, of the scoring. It was 34-33 Wake after three. Uh, and then a 33-yard field goal from Noah Burnett with 2-12 left. Locked up the win for the heels. Last second try from Wake Forest. Could not materialize. Heels are 9-1. I mean, wow. Mac Brown, he's done an incredible job there uh, this year. You know, after a disappointing year last year, Drake made the true freshman's lighting it up. He is, should be a Heisman dark horse, but uh, that is not the case. Well, unfortunately, we do have to sign off here, Mitch. Uh, yeah. We will talk more college football on Wednesday. We'll try to, you know, we might we might shake things up on Wednesday. We'll see how we're feeling, though. Maybe yeah. a little frisky. Whoa, but, uh, whoa. A little frisky. And tur- what do you know, guys? <laughs> uh, no, can't say that. Yeah, can't say that. I know. But, uh... <laughs> With that being said, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to today's show. Again, check out the Instagram at heavyhitterskur. Suggest things for the show. What do you like to be talked about more? Less suggestions of the show. If we're doing bad, if you think if we're doing good, let us know. Positivity. Just want to say hi. Always appreciate it. Or if you just want to say hi, um, you check to hit out heavily. Yeah, check out Ku's Instagram, Kur sixteen seventy. Um, you know, keep up to, uh, up to date with shows and events there. Uh, plenty more coming your way tonight. Uh, some more well student run programming, including outstanding originals from nine. Oh no, that's Monday. Actually, not true. I think, and it's Wednesday. What am I saying? It is Monday. We got uh spaced out and uh, listen with Linda. Space, uh, spaced out, listen with Linda. Yeah, coming up uh, five and six. Five and six. Five and six. So don't Two go in hours. Plenty more coming your way next on KUR in the next coming hours. Thank you for tuning in to today's show on Heavy Hitters.